0: This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a podcast of Rare Antiquities, Episode 5. In today's episode, we talk all about the granddaddy of all superheroes, Superman. We are going to spin the earth backwards all the way back and revisit the classic Christopher Reeve films, and we will also discuss the two reboots, Superman Returns and Man of Steel. Which of these films can still leap tall buildings in a single bound, and which ones will melt from our heat vision? Stay tuned to find out. My name is Harry... And I'll be your host for today's show.
1: Any more at home like you? Uh, not really, no. And I am your co-host, Jeff.
0: It's amazing that brain can
1: generate enough power to keep those legs moving.
0: And today, for the first time on a podcast of Rare Antiquities, we bring on our first guest, who was just released from the Phantom Zone, Nathan. Who is the Symbasuit? So before we begin today's show, this marks our first podcast to bringing aboard additional guests. So for any listeners who actually listen to this thing, in our first ever podcast, Jeff and I talked about what influenced us as a kid, what favorite movies were, what we think our best movies were. So, Nathan, do you want to care to tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, genre-wise, man, I certainly lean towards, you know, action science fiction i mean I've, I've certainly broadened my horizons as an adult from what i liked as a kid i think probably one of my first favorite movies that i loved as a kid was probably ghostbusters i mean i have a you know a lot of a lot of memories of that as a kid same as big trouble in little china was another one what else i think later on you know the first tim burton batman movie also really got me excited about movies as as well and kind of going from there well i mean all the obviously all the star wars movies and and such and that's kind of like a brief overview i suppose
0: so in terms of a genre today do you kind of have a broad like liking for anything or is there a particular genre of film that you enjoy today as an adult. Well, I mean, I,
2: I certainly still gravitate towards superhero movies now. Now that we're sort of in this new golden age of superhero movies, but I, I don't think I have any particular genre that, you know, I'm totally in love with. You know, I will I will, I will, watch all sorts of movies. I also sometimes will watch really bad movies, not B movies, but I, I kind of get fascinated with big budget bad films and and just fascinated about how how these movies how they go wrong like what went wrong when you have like the the stars aligned in your favor and yet they just couldn't just couldn't pull it together.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's good. I guess just before we do move on, so you listed some of your favorite movies. How about what you think from your perspective is do you think is the best movie that's ever been made? That has ever been made. Yeah, from your from your oh, perspective.
2: Wow. Well, I think a movie like Star Wars certainly fits the bill because I think that's a movie that uh, I know people that do not like science fiction or really action movies but they still enjoy the original Star Wars so I think that I don't know if it was it's necessarily a perfect movie that's made but I mean for a movie that you know it was you know not a, not necessarily a big budget, uh, certainly not by today's standards, and not necessarily the greatest writing or acting. It holds up much better than a large portion of movies made from that era. Right. And maybe I'm a little
0: biased. <laughs> I think we all are in the end, right? <laughs> Everybody is. Okay, well, that's good to know. It's good to know. Uh, well, we're glad to have you here today. Before we move on, Jeff, do you want to chime in and ask Nathan anything in particular? Well, I was fascinated by
1: you know what you said about your interest in you know big big movies that were made that don't that don't work that aren't very good so what like what's an example recently say past five ten years of of that
2: oh five ten years um uh there's a movie um well it's maybe a little older than five or ten years oh i think uh a, a movie like talking about this uh, before, was G.I. Joe Retaliation. I think, I mean, it's not necessarily like, the, like a truly terrible film, but yet, you, you know, you have a very recognizable franchise name, a, a huge budget. You've got The Rock, you got Bruce Willis, and yet, you know, they, it's kind of boring. The action isn't really there, and the movie ends with, you know, they're going to go fight. Cobra, and it's Bruce Willis and his fishing pals kind of helping out at the end, and it it's just really bizarre. <laughs> that to me is kind of a, I mean, that that's a genre movie, I guess, that is an example. I think another movie that's sort of an example is the movie 88 Minutes, which I, I watched recently. It's an Al Pacino film, and it, like, again, it's a movie that is kind of terrible, and yet it's a Pacino film. And on the surface, it seems, oh, this seems like kind of a nice, creepy thriller. And then, of course, the concept that, you know, uh, that the movie is supposed to be in real time, 88 minutes, you know, is, okay, these are all interesting ideas. And yet the movie completely falls apart. I mean, the whole movie is just ludicrous. As to And as to why that happens, right. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, again, it's one of those things that if it falls apart and yet you have Pacino, who is a very recognizable actor and can, can act, albeit always sort of the same way, you kind of go in knowing what you're going to get from Pacino. But yeah, the movie just just falls apart, I think.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's good. So for today's show, we are going to not do a particular review of any Superman movie. We're going to start with the Christopher Reeve classics, analyze those on a high-level approach look at the two reboots, Superman Returns and Man of Steel, and then we can all let it flow organically and ask each other's, quest- other's questions whether we think the reboots have worked, do we think the franchise is working right now, where do we think it's headed, Is that does it look promising, and so forth. So, the first thing we usually do on all of our shows is we'll talk, just reminisce a little bit about our memories. So, Jeff, we'll start with you. Looking back at the original four films, the Superman films that Christopher Reeve did, what are your memories and thoughts about those four.
1: Well, you know, the uh, first two movies kind of predate my lifetime. So I came to these films, you know, much later, uh, mid to late 80s, as Superman 3 and 4 came to the theaters. You know, I don't have a lot of memories of them in my childhood, but there's certainly movies that I remember watching from from being a kid. And I'm a huge comic book fan as well. Also, I definitely read the comic books through the 80s and 90s. I think most of my memories of the Christopher Reeve films come, you know, later on in my life as I watched them, you know, more as, you know, as a teenager and as an adult. So what's cool is that I I think I've gained more appreciation for maybe not all four of them, but definitely for the first one as, uh, you know, as life is, has gone on for sure. And, you know, when I look back at them and having rewatched them for the podcast now, it surprises me how good certain aspects of these films are
0: considering when they were made. Out of curiosity, and when you went back to watch for this podcast, which ones did you watch?
1: Yeah, I watched everything kind of out of order because I I just thought it might be neat to try that. So I watched uh, Superman, then I watched Superman 3, and then I watched the reboots, and then I uh, went back and watched
0: Superman 2. So you didn't hit up (laughs) 4.
1: You know what? I I mean, 4 is just so great, and it's burned in my memory because of its undeniable awesomeness i felt like i didn't need to revisit it that's what i was thinking this time
0: okay and then yeah i know we were working in the theater nuclear man come on yeah i mean of course nuclear man what's more to say mark pillow's greatest performance you know oh yeah so how about you nathan also
2: he had great hair i should point out
0: yes he did The sign of the times. (laughs) I wish I had that hair right now. I'm losing too much of it. So, Nathan, how about yourself? Going back, looking at these, I think you're a couple years older than Jeff. Do you have any earlier memories of these first four films?
2: Well, yeah, I I don't recall the, the first time I necessarily saw the first... Two, as a kid, I mean, they would be on TV every once in a while. They are probably also some of the first movies my dad likely rented, you know, when, you know, you could start renting movies at uh, the movie store, you know, on VHS. Uh, you know, and and when uh, I I always thought 3 was funny when I was a kid, and I have sort of a vague recollection of walking to the movie theater with my mom to go see Superman 4 and thinking that it was totally... Totally awesome. But I've I've always really enjoyed them. Even, and then, you know, I might not watch them for many years. And, you know, yeah, like Jeff, I'm kind of surprised how much, you know, I, I could still enjoy them, even though they are, you know, qu- quite old now.
0: Yeah, for myself, I watched the original two as they came on TV. The earliest memory I have is um, I remember Christmas. I don't know if you guys remember this back in the day. They used to have this ABC Sunday night movie special, and it would have that kind of special introduction with all those stars and that kind of high pitched music, like exciting music. Do you guys ever remember uh, that? We, we didn't get I, cable man I, I, when I, we oh. were kids. So oh, I, I okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs>
2: But they did that for a lot of years because for some reason – maybe I've just seen it in clips, but, I mean, that sounds very familiar Familiar for some reason.
0: Yeah, uh, if you guys are interested after the well, podcast. I it with go- CBC. Bro. CBC, yeah. I mean, I, I remember it was the ABC. They did it for Superman, Superman 2, Indiana Jones, Star Trek. Those are actually – that's how I got exposed to a lot of these franchise or pop culture movies. Superman being one of them. So watching Superman, Superman 2 and falling in love with it when I saw him on TV. Superman 3, I believe we rented it. Unfortunately, Superman 4 was the only venture for Christopher Reeve for me in the theaters. Uh, I remember clearly forcing myself to like it. I remember my sister had to go to the bathroom before the final battle with Nuclear Man. And two seconds later when she came back, the movie was done. So that's (laughs) uh, uh, that's the memory I have, how quick that movie kind of ended but i I do still enjoy those movies like you guys said i think for the most part first two hold up the third one and the fourth one obviously to a lesser extent what i really like about it is i like the spirit of the first two movies it's not just the spirit of fun or a mythological story or an epics or it's epic storytelling i like the spirit of the character of superman and how he's represented it's and you can talk about whether it's a Silver Age or Golden Age Superman that's being shown on the screen there at the time. Obviously, it was in the 70s, so their inspiration was maybe this late 60s, early mid-70s era comic book Superman. I don't know how you classify it. Is that Golden Age or Silver Age? or I'm not sure. But I enjoy that take on Superman. And we can get into it. So when we want to talk about these four, from your perspective, what really worked for you and what didn't? What, what did they do right? What Where did it go wrong? And do they stand up today? Maybe, Nathan, you can start first this time.
2: Well, I think the thing that works, and I'm just talking about the first two, because I, mean, I could spend an hour just talking about Superman 3. <laughs> uh, one thing that really still stands up is the performances, which I, I sometimes feel with movies from the late 70s, they don't necessarily hold up just because of the way modern films are made. And the stories, I think, are it's it's still the classic Superman. Superman story, I don't know if i want to say it's it's relabel, but it's, it's familiar and it's fun to watch. I don't know if necessarily all the action stands up, but uh, that doesn't really, well, it does, certainly doesn't bother me when I watch them. But I also, one thing I love is actually late 70s, early 80s special effects. I mean, you certainly don't mistake it for being real, but I, I kind of like how they look. Uh, as opposed to now with, with CG, sometimes I kind of have, it's like, oh, okay, it looks fake. But when I see some of those late 70s, early 80s special effects, yeah, it's fake. But I just have, you know, real fondness for them.
0: Right. So from an acting or practicality standpoint, that's good. Uh, how about from a story-wise standpoint and maybe f- how about the character of Superman? What's your take on this character from from those films? Maybe we can just focus on the first two. Or you, you mean you can talk about all of them because I think the spirit of the character is roughly the same regardless of which movie you're talking about. But what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I agree that even I mean, for all the problems that three and four have, I mean, I think Christopher Reeve is still he's not he's not calling it in in the last two. And as far as the representation of the character, I think this is the Silver Age representation. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. No, I,
0: I think so too. I I just wasn't 100 percent sure but that's that's my take as well
2: yeah and so i think the performance of christopher reeve is really solid regards to how the how he portrays the character and the other thing i really like about his performance is the clark kent persona which i don't really think has actually been captured in any other media from you know smallville to the the reboots and, and the in the last, you know, ten years here or so, I don't think there's enough appreciation for how he, because as I was watching the movies for this podcast, you know, I had forgotten how how much he, not just the fact that he throws the glasses on, but he's actually doing quite a noticeable slump. And I mean, it's silly to think that anyone wouldn't recognize him, but you know, it, it, I kind of believe it as I'm I'm watching these films and I I feel that that really uh, stands up. I think and all the supporting characters as well. Uh, stand like the performances there also stand up.
0: So aside from Christopher Reeve then, what's who who do you think stands out to you in those movies? Is it more Margot Kidder, Gene Hackman, somebody else? Who did you like?
2: Well, I certainly liked Margot Kidder in the first two, you know, she got you know, kind of the uh, the shaft in three, uh, four. I did watch four for the podcast, so it's fresh in my mind. Um, <laughs> again, she seemed a little a little tired for the performance. I think that. You know, a lot of people kind of now sort of make fun of Margot Kidder because she had a lot of problems in later years and stuff. But I I think, again, like she doesn't get enough credit for what she did in the first two movies. And also the other thing about the first, at least the first movie, and I sort of forgotten about this, is that there's a real focus on the love story in a way that you don't you don't get in the reboots. Maybe Superman returns to some degree, but I kind of felt. That it it actually kind of worked as a as a love story that you know could kind of not that I could personally relate, to it, but it was interesting to watch.
0: And, and I agree. And I, I was going to point that out a bit later. So just just before I get to Jeff's perspective. So Nathan, out of the first four Reeve movies, which one is your favorite, and obviously which one's your least favorite out of the four?
2: Oh wow! Well, <laughs> I still think the first one is my favorite. I mean, I think it actually goes in direct numerical order. Well, no, that's not quite true. I guess I would probably say one is my favorite. Four is my least favorite, but I think three is actually the worst movie. I still enjoy two, but, you know, there are some issues I feel with the story, but that has to do more with the the change in tone in that movie because of the change of directors and such. But Mm -hmm. again, it's, I mean, I, I will sit down and watch that anytime so.
0: Yeah, likewise. So let's um but go-
2: certainly the first one is is definitely I mean I don't know if it's in my top 10 but I mean I always recommend watching that movie to people who've never seen it.
0: Oh yes. That's it's one of my most favorite movies of all time. I I personally even I, I will go on record saying I think it is one of the best movies ever made. It's not the best movie ever made. It's one of the what of the best, but it's me. So, Jeff, just going to you now, same thing as we asked Nathan, what are your thoughts about the first four? What worked for you? What didn't work for you? And and where do you think it started to go wrong if it went wrong?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it probably goes without saying, but the number one thing that works in, in these movies is Christopher Reeve. There, there's no question. The guy, as soon as he hits the screen, you know, especially in the suit, like what a striking presence he has. I, I don't know. Destiny or luck, but like a guy, you know, if you could pick a guy to look like Superman on film, at least you know from the face, uh, this is the guy for sure. Uh, and and you know what? It's like I always forget, and then when I see it again, like wow, man, this guy looks like Superman. His performance, especially in the first one, is absolutely fantastic, both as Superman and as Clark Kent. Uh, Nathan touched on it. We, you know, you notice. Yeah, He's kind of got the slouch going when he's Clark and he's, you know, he's, he's doing the put on with being a kind of a clumsy, bumbling guy. And, uh, and it's, it's fantastic. It works, it works so well. It surprises me every time that I watch it. Uh, so that works great. I really love the Marlon Brando scenes, uh, the start of the first one on Krypton. I love the Krypton scenes. The look of Krypton is so unique and alien You know, the the crystalline structures, which translate again later to the Fortress of Solitude. I mean, what a a simplistic yet wholly original design scheme there. I mean, you don't see that kind of stuff anymore. It's always overly complex because of the CG and the capabilities now with special effects that we don't get that kind of elegance in set design and special effects anymore. So that's fantastic. Uh, And again, same as Nathan, I love the effects of this era. Uh, Sure, they're... You know, they're not that fancy and it's not like they look real, but they have a certain charm and practicality to them that I think it, it it's hard to it's hard to put your finger on, but it, it really works for film and probably the soundtrack goes without saying, right? As soon as I it's been a couple of years since I watched before the podcast. As soon as I put it in and the and the music starts going, I mean, the genius of John Williams isn't equal tier and the, the music itself I mean, the movie could have been half as good as it is, and just with the music being as good as it is, oh, I, agree. It, it still would have been awesome. I mean, fantastic.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, what an opening! An oh, opening what credits. An op- I, I say yeah.
0: that's even better than for me. It's better than Star Wars. It gets me so much more excited than even the Star Wars opening crawl. That's just me.
1: Uh, you know. It's I, I don't know if. Boy, we could probably do a whole episode on just uh, John Williams' uh, scores. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it's definitely up there. There's no question. It's it's right up there. If like For John Williams, all of his scores, Superman and Star Wars are 1 and 2. Which one is 1, which one is 2, I guess you could argue, but definitely no question. Uh, as far as where things start to go wrong, I'm kind of so-so on Margot Kidder. The chemistry is definitely there between the two. And that's very important. I thought she played Lois Lane a, a little too scatterbrained. I mean, I liked some of the little bits there where she, uh, you know, is asking somebody, you know, how many uh, Zeds are in Catastrophe or something, and it's like none. Right. This is funny, but she was a little scatterbrained. I would have liked a stronger presence from our, our Lois Lane you know she was she's fine she's certainly capable at it but i i wanted somebody a little bit more formidable i think in the role so though, and in the too, second,
2: might have been a sign of the times as well i mean you have to remember that's you know late 70s and that was probably uh, for the time i think that that's probably how people would characterize her is a formidable yeah
1: i, I would agree but- yeah I think that's a fair point for sure and you know as uh, Harry as you and I talked about you know in our last episode about female characters in in mystery men and that that movie came out in nineteen ninety nine and it, it, we don't really get really, you know we don't get good female characters so often in movies, so uh, that that's that's a fair point. I found her especially in Superman Two I found her a little rough around the edges like uh, in Superman Two she's you know she's kind of hanging her she's got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and yeah, I think I you can
0: tell know. the the drug abuse was starting to hit her. She had a completely different look between the first two movies, even though I think yeah. some of the scenes were filmed at the same time. Even though there was a, there was a break, you can even tell with Christopher Reeve, and in some shots he looks bulked up, some shots he looked a little skinnier because it looked yeah. like that there was a break and then last minute reshoots. He wasn't prepared to have enough time to hit the weights again as as hard as he yeah. as he used to. So that was something that did yeah. strike me in in Superman too. So, again, yeah. uh, just going back to you, Jeff, what, where do you think it really starts to go wrong well, it, it, well, in, in, the, in the original yeah. form?
1: Yeah, in the original, it, it starts to go wrong. <sighs> you know, we could does we it should go probably wrong? get into the Does it does the first one go wrong? I've got my problems with it, as I've alluded to before. Yes, I think it does go wrong with some of the story beats you know you you know i'm not a fan of how the movie resolves itself at the end with the uh, yeah
0: we'll get into that short time travel
1: yeah. we can get into that later so i don't want to say it goes wrong there because the whole movie still works uh, superman 2 starts to go wrong in in the tone it gets a little bit goofier even right at the start and yet parts of it are really serious so it, it's a and that is probably a result of the change in directors so you know if you watch the richard donner cut of superman 2 which is very rough and unfinished it it strikes a a much more serious tone that i think is more in line with the first one so it starts to go wrong here and there's still lots of great pieces about superman 2 for sure but uh, before i think that's where it starts
0: okay so uh, before then we get into superman 2 i'll just chime in about the first one just very quickly I mean, I agree. I think most people out there in geek land would agree that Christopher Reeve is gives an amazing performance. You guys talked about the differences between the Superman character and the Clark Kent character, how he's slumped, less confident. These are obvious traits that he's doing. But did you guys ever notice that there's a third person that he plays? He actually plays Kal-El. Yes. That's when, say, when he takes off the glasses or you could even, in the first one, that's him in when he loses his powers on purpose in, in two. and into and then even when he's reflective again, I say in uh, Superman four thinking about the nuclear missile crisis. There's a third person there and that's Kal-El and that's what I love about Christopher Reeve's performance. He just didn't do Superman and Clark Kent. He did that third personality and he did it well and it was to me it was striking mm. and obvious. It, it, it is subtle. So some people wouldn't notice that, but that's the brilliance of his performance. What did you, what do you guys think about that? Do you agree that there's a third character there?
1: Yeah, I, Uh, uh, if I can answer first, uh, I agree that there's basically four characters here. There's Superman, or sorry, three characters here. There's Superman, and then there's Clark Kent. But I don't, I mean, you calling the other guy Kal-El, I mean, we're using that name to describe perhaps the purest form of this guy, like just how he is when he's alone. Right, And maybe it's just semantics, but I think maybe it's important because he's an alien. I don't call that character Kal-El because his Kryptonian persona is um, a mystery probably even to himself. So I would say that that persona, when he's just him, when he's at home maybe by himself or when he goes, say, to visit his mom, that's Clark Kent. When he's in Metropolis with the glasses and hanging out with Lois Lane, that's like, you know, clark kent prime or something that's the that's the mask of the mild-mannered reporter and then there's superman so i i
0: I agree i I think the way you label it whether you're talking it's my point was is there's three striking personalities there whether we want to call it it's yeah yeah. whether we want to call the bumbling guy clark kent or 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 not not yeah i I agree the bumbling the bumbling guy is is the is the mask how about you nathan do you see a third guy there
2: I'm I'm kind of halfway in between. I'm not sure if I see the the third character in in the first two. I I think though, you touched on it there. I really think that there there is that third persona for oddly enough of all things. Uh, I mean, we can maybe talk about it in more detail in a bit. But when he's sort of wrestling with some of these these issues of what he should do that felt more like a kal moment when he he's wrestling with these ideas and uh and it's kind of strange in that movie uh because it's it's actually a very a very serious topic so i guess i guess I'm like a 50 percent yes on
0: it all right and i agree i mean we'll try and touch upon very briefly every christopher reeve movie if we can i just want to go quickly back to the first one so we did talk about margot kidder i agree more with Nathan, on this, I I did enjoy the character, especially in the first one, and, and most of, mostly in the second one for the most part. Uh, I thought she's a pretty strong character. Again, considering the time this, these movies were made, she struck me a little bit more like a pre Marian from Raiders of the Lost Ark. She was a little bit more rough around the edges, and I think that strong persona is why the Superman character, or, or Kal El, or Clark Kent, whichever one you want to identify, falls for her because. She's someone who seems to take care of herself, can take care of herself, obviously, except for aircraft accidents where she needs a rescue. She seems like someone who is that kind of a strong female personality and a role model for, you know, young girls and women at the time. I I thought her acting through the movie was very good. Uh, Yeah, again, they did have chemistry. And I wanted to touch upon her, her death scene at the end of the first one. That, to me, it, when I was young, something that striked me was haunting. The way she was choking on all of that dirt as she was going into the earth, the cracked earth. I thought that was an amazing performance. Is it just me, or what did you guys think of that?
2: Yeah, I remember, yeah, I can't remember. It, it, it's a little disturbing to watch as a child. And actually, I think all the Superman movies... Have this element where you know you have this a character that appeals to children, and you have these movies that have these strange arc moments. And a moment like that, like I mean, suffocating in your car, and and it's not, and it's it's certainly not. Oh, it's a moment of of suffocation. You see her panic, and of course, his reaction to it as well is really jarring. But her death, you know, if you just if you just showed that clip out of context,
1: like, well, this is not a kids' movie.
0: No. That, it's a dark, dark scene in my opinion, what do you think, Jeff? What do you think of that particular scene
1: yeah you you're definitely right it's it, it is pretty disturbing i mean it's not it's not a good way to go i mean it's one thing you know drowning in water obviously is awful, but I mean drowning in dirt there the way it happened, like it's slow and it's painful and the you know there's agony there and the the tension of that scene i mean it it it's awful. There's no question and I never really thought about it before but yeah to throw that into a movie like this bold choice for sure. It's a, it's a shame that it's it's kind of undercut by what comes next but
0: okay we're gonna get uh, into that. I, I, I will, know I know. Uh, so Jeff you, you tell me because I know you've been telling me for so long and I think 99% of the, the geek world out there will agree with you. They hate the resolution of this movie. Can you tell me why? Let's just let's just Get get it out on yeah. the table, and I, I and then yeah. I want to know what Nathan has to say. Sure. So it's not so much
1: the uh, you know the physics of the situation where he you know flies backwards around the Earth and turns back time, and then flies forwards around the Earth to speed up time again. I mean, it's, it's kind of silly, but that that part doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is when we have these characters who are so powerful. You know, he's a god to us, right? Part of the dramatic interest here. Is with all of that power, what are the choices that you choose to make? This is known as the hero's choice. And, you know, in different movies, it's broken down in different ways. Effectively, it comes down to when you have to choose between being the hero or, you know, the greater good of humanity and your personal interests. Which one do you choose? You know, we've seen this in Superman, we've seen this in Batman. We've seen this in Spider-Man. Which one do you choose? And I think that the more powerful your hero, the more interesting this question is. So in this movie, the choice is, who does he save? Does he save Lois Lane, love of his life, and just the one person? Or does he choose to save, you know, the entire state of California, you know, somewhere north of 30 to 50 million people? And he's Superman. So he makes the choice to save... California he chooses to save the, the greater good. Now he tries to save Lois and he's too late. And that's, that's a goddamn shame for him, but that was his choice. And I think he has to live with that choice, but he gets to go back in time, which is a bullshit story resolution when, you know, there isn't really any basis in story for it. Like there's certain things you can't resolve a story on. You can't resolve a story on random chance and you can't resolve a story on fucking time travel. And he goes back in time, and he gets to have his cake and eat it too. So we don't really know what choice he makes for the hero's choice. I know you can't kill Lois Lane in the first movie of a franchise when he's Superman, but that's a question that's not answered. What choice did he make? He made the one choice, and he's like, ah, shit, I can't live with my choice, so I'm going to go back in time and just make them both. And then we all good. I think it's cheap. I think it's bad storytelling. And I think that that does a disservice to this character and to Christopher Reeve's performance. Like Nathan said, you know, his reaction when he finds her lifeless body, you know, having drowned in dirt, it's gone. He, he, gets, he gets a do-over. He, he erases the whole thing. And, and I, I am not at all satisfied with that. So that's my opinion. Okay. Nathan?
2: Well, shit, how do I follow up that analysis there?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, do you mostly agree? Do you disagree? Uh, Uh...
2: No, I I 100% agree. I mean, you know, the, the physics of it gets made fun of a lot, but just to expand on what Jeff had said, right before that, if you back up, you remember that he makes a promise to that other woman, Miss Tessmacher, to destroy the other missile to save her mother. He promises he keeps that promise. So it almost didn't even matter that he made that promise a defining characteristic of Superman. You know, I could have lived with him changing the past to save Lois Lane if there was some other consequence but of course there is not although I have a theory that he screwed up the space-time continuum around the earth because of the way like time is all weird in third movie but we can get into that but yeah I I agree 100% it it's it is cheap and lazy and and why they made that decision I'm I'm really curious to know I've never actually read the justification for it and maybe it was just a simpler time i don't know but i i can't imagine that they decide oh we're gonna kill a slain and then there's a studio note that came down and said okay well yeah you, you can do that but you have to undo it
0: so for you does that ruin the movie for you
2: i don't know if it necessarily ruins the movie i mean i know it's it's coming you know and it's kind of sweet moments afterwards but it's not like i turn it off you know i mean it's it like the, the, still the reaction of him actually doing it. And I, I also like the scene when, of course, he leaves, the car is flying, you know, he's angry flies up into the clouds and it's, you know, his two fathers are kind of speaking to him about what he should do. I think that's also a really good moment as well. Yeah, but my bigger problem is not so much that he was able to do it, so much as that there was no consequence, you know. Maybe they should have killed Jimmy Olsen instead <laughs> he came back. That's it's not like, a consequence. Oh, That's I so you could save you can save loss, but you know, you know, Jimmy oh he was stuck on the edge of the dam and <laughs> but yeah, as far as ruining the movie, it's a minor quibble. I think the movie still still holds its own regardless of
1: how, how it ends.
0: Okay, so I'll I'll get into my little spiel about this. I'm on the opposite end of how you guys think. I agree it's not the best way to resolve everything. And it does open up the question that if you can do it now, you can do it all the time. There there's another recent movie maybe we can get into in a future podcast that deals with oh coincident resolutions and then like Star Trek into darkness with this con blood. Okay, well, now they have this blood they can cure anybody anytime. There's no tension anymore. the the movies are done and and i'm a advocate of that kind of argument but but because there's no depth there the issue here is and you touched on this before nathan is this whole movie essentially boils down to a love story this is superman or kal-el finding that balance like he's he's saved he's made those decisions he's promised those decisions to me have not changed simply because he goes back in time he still promised miss tess He still saved all those people first, but now he's going to do something for him and he's only going to do it this one time. Now you can argue, okay, well, if Lois dies later, is he going to reverse the time again? It's a good question. I don't know, but I bought it here because the love story worked. And they had that chemistry. It's just something that stood out for me. Even as a kid, I believed it. I even thought about this as a kid. Well, I mean, if he could change back the time, I mean, change the world back and go back in time all the time, then why am I watching any further sequels? But I bought it because he would only do it this one time for him. It's something that he, as a who wasn't alien who couldn't fit in, finally tapped into some selfishness and said, "You know what? I'm doing this for me and for her because I need this." Because he needed to connect with somebody, and that's her. Because that's why I think it works.
1: Okay, so that's all fine. I don't have a problem with him making the selfish choice here. But then he should have made the selfish choice and saved her and doomed California to uh, a life under the ocean. Or the prequel to Escape from L.A. But as I said. to getting to do (laughs) both. He can do, he can be, I would prefer, I don't care which choice he makes. In fact, I prefer if he makes the selfish choice. I think that's a lot more interesting. But it's not my problem that – because you're right. He does that for him because it's selfish, and she's the woman he loves, and the love story works. So make the choice to save her and sacrifice everybody else. That would have been totally acceptable in this case. But the problem is that he gets to do both, and that's not fair. But I don't find that a problem.
0: But it's you. I don't find that a problem for me. And I, I would even go on the record and argue that you can kind of see it even in Superman 2. He realizes that this after it won't work and the ridiculous, you know, memory erasing kiss and all that stuff. That's why I think, especially after watching that movie, he would never make this choice again. That strengthens this movie even more in that choice because he did it this one time and he can't do it again. His father was right. You can't go around messing with human history. Because these movies really are one movie yeah they are the the two are one movie that that is true so that's why to yeah. me it works so that's why i feel pandora's box isn't open
1: well then you he gets he gets question. to
0: close pandora's box and that i mean again, he's superman he can close the pandora's box but that, it still works but that's just me i i'm the one percent you're the 99 percent on this issue i know that and, and i know when i if i have to argue with another 99 people i'll still only be the only person who says this but to me it works
1: Well, that's that's fair. But how would that be different than any other day?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's true. Okay, so so let's quickly, uh, you know, for me, I love Superman, the movie. It works. It's almost near perfect, even though you guys think the third act has a bad resolution or a very questionable one. I don't think it wrecks the movie at all. I love everything about this movie. I'll, I'll use that in my final thoughts. But let's talk about Superman 2. Jeff, in our first podcast, we talked about a movie that kind of deep. I loved as a kid and sort of depreciated. I did watch Superman 2 preparation for this podcast. I think I was a bit harsh. It has depreciated in my eyes. Definitely, I can find a lot of problems with this movie. But I still do enjoy it. I still think there's a lot of positives to take away with this movie. But I'm more. I'll start with you guys. What do you think of Superman 2? What did you think of the three villains and General Zod, the battle, the resolution, the story with Lois and Clark and him giving up his powers, and how this movie is resolved? What did, what did you guys think?
2: I think, I mean, I, I of course, I really enjoy it. Uh, I mean, the, some of the problems that I do notice with it is that it has some real pacing issues that are really strange. And, you know, I, again, I think this has to go to the you know, the change in. And directors, and my understanding, I did a little bit of research, but even though they had filmed a good portion of this, I guess they had actually gone back and reshot stuff that had already been shot because of, oh, was director Richard Lester. Yeah. Because of Director Guild rules, if you want to be uh, put on as the director of a movie, you have to have shot over 50%. But since it was already 80% done, he went back, and redid a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, so I didn't
0: know again, that was the specific reason. I thought he just wanted a different take. But no, but that makes uh, more sense. I doubt the well, Salkinds it, would it, have it, approved it just for a different take.
2: Well, I mean, that, it was probably kind of both. Because, the, you know, the, when the Salkinds had, they had, had like uh, other writers initially and Richard Donner hated it throughout their script, but then those writers came back for three and, you know, you know what happened there. But with two, again, you kind of have like this, it's really noticeable later in three, but in two, you have this thing where you have some real serious issues, a continuation of the love story, which kind of works, kind of doesn't. You know, the the thing that I think works with the Superman's Lois Lane Clark Kent love triangle is her ignorance to the situation. That's kind of what hmm. makes it work. And right. so I, th- I kind of feel as though when she knows who he is, that's all gone now. I th- I feel like that doesn't really work. And and that was actually kind of the problem with Lewis and Clark, uh, you know, New
0: Adventures of Superman. Is
2: when <laughs> she found out. I mean, that's when you know the show's canceled. Like oh yes. Uh,
0: I think, yeah, and I think they did the same thing in the comics. Uh, she knew they got married, and they had a run for, what, a few years, and then they had to do the whole reboot of the whole universe, DC universe, or whatever it is.
2: Oh, yeah, and now I think they've gone completely off of, well, we're off topic here, but they've kind of gone off the deep end. I believe she outed him at Superman now in the uh, current iteration of comics, but who oh, knows God. how long that'll stick. So, anyways, back to Superman 2, you know, there's, uh, yeah, there's just, like, weird things that are Kind of going on in this movie, but I I do like the villains, and I, mean, I love Terrence Stamp. He acted the shit out of that role. It feels like, and again, it's one of those things that is kind of ingrained itself in popular culture. Is yes. before Zod, and know, other things that I really liked was just their you know the way they you know said Planet Houston. So even those parts <laughs> had kind of humor. I love it. And I think the, the whole movie, Planet Houston. I think that,
3: <laughs> you know, yeah.
2: And I think that actually might have been Richard Donner, not Lester there, because, I mean, it, it was too subtle of a joke, I think, for Mr. Slapstick director. But, you know, I'm, I'm there's a real disappointment in the fact that there, there's no Marlon Brando. Uh, well, in the theatrical cut, I think in the Richard Donner cut, there are.
0: Yeah, but you, you have to blame Marlon for that, not Lester.
2: Oh yeah, exactly. But then you have you know you have this this weird story where you know Lois and Clark are investigating. I don't know what a, a honeymoon scam is exactly. They don't even explain it. <laughs> so it's supposed to be kind of fun and whatnot. But then you have this scene. Where Clark Kent gets the the shit beaten out of him by some redneck in a diner, and I remember as a kid, I remember I found that again, like, just like the uh, death scene of Lois Lane, that this is kind of disturbing. You know, it's not like he got kind of you know punched in the face a bit. You know, he's been punched through glass, he's in serious pain, no one's helping him out, and this guy walks away laughing. And, I like that. And,
0: I like that scene though.
2: Well, no, I do like it. I certainly like it. I kind of don't like the fact that he came back and then you know roughed the guy up but well I do I don't i mean it, this is it's kind of weird. This has happened in, in more than just where uh Superman uh, can kind of come back and get, get someone there to come up and right but yeah, I I think I think it you know when you really sit and analyze it 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 has its problems but I I still find it has a real charm especially when you watch it right after the first one and uh, which is what I did I watched them back to back in one day, and I'm like oh wow this actually works much better as uh, as like one big
1: giant right, movie despite all the goofiness in it. Mm-hmm. How about you Jeff? Oh geez, where do you start? For sure, Terrence Stamp is is top shelf in this movie what a great bad guy
0: oh yeah uh, yeah
1: he was fantastic oh
0: absolutely fantastic yeah
1: yeah you know certainly christopher reeve is still excellent here
0: but yeah that the tone
1: as we've talked about already the tone's uneven probably due to the change in directors i uh really the the whole battle that that plays out you know the climax unfortunately the uh, the technology of the time it doesn't, doesn't do justice to yeah. the resolution here. And that that's unfortunate. Now, are
0: you talking about the battle in Metropolis or at yeah. the end in the fortress? More more in Metropolis.
1: It's meant to be a big epic battle, right? And yes. It, unfortunately, they, they're just not able to do that. And that's too bad. Now, uh, the battle in the fortress, aside from the the saran wrap superpower that he's got with the S, that's this one, right? Yeah, the cellophane, uh, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, that... That that was a little weird.
0: Yes, like yeah. just and the he, cellophane itself is like ingrained itself into pop culture. Yeah, when someone yeah. thinks of cellophane, they think of this scene. Yeah, it's
1: an odd choice too. Like, not especially creative, and he, he basically straight up murders all three of these dudes, doesn't he? And that's it's not really what he's all about. Uh, but, he doesn't. He doesn't it's, murder. It's a,
2: it's a soft kill. It's a no, no, no there's no kill yeah. there's no
0: kill okay oh, we'll, we'll get dead. we'll get into that they're dead they're not dead they're not, dead. They're not right. dead this is the yeah. fortress of solitude so this is the problem now with when we have multiple cuts so okay, okay. so well, okay. so you so have me, the less so this is my opinion so oh, there's hold, there's well, hold. okay hold you on, go I'm not dead okay yet. I'm not dead yet.
1: so uh here's what i really dig about superman 2 so first i think we have a much more nuanced version of the hero's choice here because he chooses to renounce being Superman uh, so he can be with Lois Lane, right? That's his right. choice here. And I and I love it. It's fantastic. But he realizes that he can't do this. The world needs Superman and he can't be selfish. So he has to get his powers back and be Superman as opposed to being Clark Kent that he wants to be and be with Lois Lane. So that's, that's gone. And this is the version of the hero's choice that I enjoy. And he gets... A do over again, but without sort of the well, I guess he still has the hokey uh the memory zap thing that he does with her, which is uh totally stupid too.
0: But that's like a abuse. Here's my favorite,
1: <laughs> it, yeah, it was abuse. Well, it, it he is like, though, He right? like Mind Reaper. Is, this is like an episode out of,
0: of TNG. <laughs> it is an episode of
1: TNG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my favorite part of this of this movie is in order to defeat the bad guys. He doesn't rely on his laser beam eyeballs or super speed
0: or the cellophane
1: or, or the cellophane. He <laughs> outsmarts Lex Luthor into tricking general Zod, or he knows Luther so much. And he's like, okay, you know, he's kind of whispering to him. Okay. You got to get him into that chamber there. Cause that's going to take away his powers and shh, shh, don't be quiet. And it has totally whole thing set up so that he knows Luther's going to betray him. That ends with, you know the three kryptonians losing their
0: powers well what'd you think of him crushing the hand
1: i love that oh i loved that when he broke all three million bones in that guy's hand like <laughs> he him, he just, squeeze that guy's hand so hard he broke both of his ankles <laughs> <the same>
0: <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> I, I love it but the the one thing that always stood up for me is like when when those bones are breaking it sounds like i'm playing with bubble wrap you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it does
3: yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like for me, I I still enjoy uh, this movie. I I love the beginning, even though it's, you know, Lois Lane and getting into trouble again. I mean, I love the, I I love how he realizes she's, you know, in trouble. There's a, there's an atomic bomb about to go off. uh, And I love that shirt rip in the alley. Like that's my favorite. When you just want to talk about something as simple as a superhero moment, like obviously you had that in the first movie, but I love this one in particular. It's just, it's so good, even though you have that magical change of the clothes. I mean, I, I'll let that go because of the limitations of technology at the time. I loved every act of this movie. I loved it. You wanted a consequence. I love the fact that because he sent the bomb into space, that's what released the three Kryptonians. And I, I loved actually their first encounter on the moon with the astronauts. Again, when we're talking about something that's kind of scary and freaky, I mean, as a kid, when when that guy gets his like uh suit ripped by uh ursa oh man i was like what the fuck's happening i was like scared shitless as a kid and then i laughed my ass off as he she kicked him and he floats away (laughs) but it was a slow cold death yeah but but it was it's these are great scenes and and i love the tension building and i love it when they get onto planet houston and um (laughs) Some of the arm, army fight, I still love that army fight, even though I hate the shot with the fire, how he just blows it back. I mean, again, a limitation in the time. So I agree with you, Jeff. there are elements of this movie that do not stand up well, and the effects are just too bad, and it's a shame because if they had somehow managed to circumvent some of those a few bad shots, like in the military fight or in the Battle of Metropolis, which I do love I, I love most of everything in the Battle of Metropolis until it gets hokey. Like when – I don't mind that the guys um, use the super breath to push everybody back once they think Superman is uh, dead. But then, then the jokes start coming out with the guy on the telephone and he keeps talking. There's people coming out of, a, what, a Kentucky Fried Chicken and, you know, oh, they don't even – didn't realize the whole thing. Like people yeah. were – this fight was happening outside, all all, all the explosions and – yeah, the guy in the phone. Honestly, yeah. Oh, so stupid! The roller skater flying backwards. Oh, but I, yeah. <laughs> but I, I love the I love the cars flying. I love the damage. I love the fact that you know people did want to go get revenge on and take these guys down because they did hurt, hurt Superman. But my favorite thing about this scene is in this fight, Superman does want to save people, and then he goes away realizing he can't do any more here. He, his presence is doing more harm than good. And that will relate to another movie yeah. we'll talk about later. And that yeah, choice I I by the going. director. Yeah. And then and then in The Fortress, I agree with you, Jeff. I like the fact that he used his brains rather than his brawn. But the problem here now is the powers, the disappearing powers, the frozen Superman powers. I mean, like, like you can conjure up another Superman made of ice. I mean... <laughs> You know, all of this kind of stuff is just getting a little hokey. And this is where it starts falling apart, along with uh, the cellophane S. Uh, I I don't have a problem with those guys, uh, once they lose their powers, falling into the vat, which I assume is like an abyss. They are not dead. They are trapped in the fortress. I fail to... I I cannot contemplate Superman and the Fortress of Solitude and what jor provided him from Krypton has something where it has like these pits that are like bottomless pits or uh, some final ending where they are going to die. It seems to me it's almost like another phantom zone. That's what I believe. I don't think there's never once anywhere where it says they're dead. No, um, but there's
1: never once anywhere that says they're in
0: some kind of suspended animation. Either. No, but there's a alternate scene where in the deleted scene that they're alive, they actually, as you see them being arrested, the Arctic police come and get them. Oh, the Arctic
1: police. Okay, well, that, that adds up.
0: Well, what do you want me to say?
1: Uh, but, yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's no, a the problem Arctic with the movie, police, but they're uh, alive. Yeah, well, but it's not. It but it's a deleted scene. It's not actually in the film, so it doesn't count.
0: Yeah, but then now you're... So, okay, but then, granted, it doesn't count, and, and I can argue with that in other movies. I didn't see it, so it doesn't count. But I saw it in a deleted scene, so I can at least argue and believe. And just from the spirit of the character... He wouldn't kill these three. So I fail to believe someone would say he murdered these three people.
1: Well, I, I mean, I agree. He he wouldn't. And that's why I think that it, I don't believe that he intended to, to kill them. I don't believe that. It just, that, that's more a failure of the film itself. Cause you gotta, you gotta wrap stuff up. You can't have a, I mean, these movies are already long enough as it is. So it, it's kind of a minor quibble on my point
0: or from my point of view. Do you think that that makes sense, or do you think he just, these, these guys are fucked? They're just dead?
2: I don't know if they're dead. I mean, well, I think, I think that the implication is that they are dead, uh, deleted scene or otherwise. Again, I mean, it's it sort of presented in a way where, where it's ambiguous. And I agree that, you know, Superman will, will not, like, just straight up murder someone, which, you know, of course, we're going to get back to that idea, I think, later on. I, I think it's kind of presented in, in such a way that if you don't really know the character, if you don't really think about it, which is I think what they're kind of going for here is like, well, he just don't think about it. Okay, they're gone. They're in, in you know, underneath there, you know, maybe they're in his zoo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like you know, it. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a, that's
2: possible. You know, they're down there with, you know, Starro or something crypto they're going they got to, someone's okay. got to
0: walk crypto oh,
2: yeah. it's like <laughs> all right you guys can't leave you don't have to go to jail but you have to stay here
0: well I, <laughs> I even as a kid i believed that they were not dead
2: they were just trapped down
0: there i mean that and that's honest well, i'm that, telling the truth
2: see that that's that's interesting because i always perceived it as they were dead you know i mean I, it's not like a gruesome death necessarily. you don't see it but it was just the the uh the implication
0: hmm okay so that's that's interesting, so I guess Jen, just overall, like do you still enjoy superman two does it does it work? does it hold up today? for me, do I still enjoy it? Yes, I do still enjoy
1: watching it for the for the problems that it has uh still a lot of fun there's still enough going on here that yeah it's a, it's still a good watch. Do I recommend it absolutely does it hold up that that's a tough question because there there's a lot of moving parts there i mean it obviously it's old i think this was came out in 1980 a lot of superman 2 is dated and it
0: yeah the effects are unfortunately yeah. a little dated um, the effects are dated just the overall look of it yeah. is dated sorry i just want to chime in on one thing why i think the effects don't work here i mean there are some There are some Superman effects in this movie that it's obviously a model doll that's stationary and flying. You know what I mean? And um, in the first one, I mean, obviously they had more budget in the first one and they had to cut it down because they had so so many more effects shots to do on this one as well. And it's a sequel. But because you're not dealing with close-up shots on Reeve, you're not buying it as much. And I think Mm -hmm. when you do see Reeve a little bit more... And you get some of those flying effects. It still does work when you know it's Reeve. When it's not Reeve or the other actors, that's and it's faraway shots or you get those doll shots. That's when it stops working.
2: I noticed that too. A lot of the doll shots, and I kind of assumed they were trying to do maybe a little bit more dynamic, faster shot of him flying. Because usually when it's Reeves, oftentimes like the it, it seems it feels a little slower, and that's because of the limitations of the time, or maybe they ran out of
0: Maybe. But anyway, so Nathan, what are your final thoughts on Superman 2 here?
2: Well, yeah, I I kind of feel the same as Jeff where, you know, I I personally, I really enjoy it. I do recommend it for anyone who hasn't seen it. But I would recommend, you know, you watch one and you watch two fairly soon afterwards. Does it hold up objectively? Maybe not so much just because of a lot of the pacing issues that are going on here but um you know if you're a superman fan yeah you, know, you can't lose with watching this movie i think
0: yeah i i agree for the most part I, I do have still have a lot of fun with this movie the one thing i do love about this movie is it's extremely quotable like there are so many funny lines in this movie right yeah <laughs> you know from zod's like um how angry he gets they like, <laughs> yeah i got there's one shot that i always laugh every single time it's when superman gets beaten up by the bully and he's in the diner and this is something that always strikes me and i love it so much he sees zod on tv for the first time realizes he's there as he sees zod push the he goes come to me superman if you dare i defy you and then he gets so excited he like pushes the president down to sit down and he shakes the microphone like he can't contain himself
2: zod! it's like i, I just love it that. Uh, I actually really laughed at that. And, you know, for all the for all the silly physical gigs that go on, there's actually one great gag, and it's early on in the film. Um, Kent, I don't know who he's talking to. He's talking to someone out the Daily Planet, and he tosses his hat uh, behind him <laughs> yeah. and lands oh, on yeah. the hat rack. That I always laugh at as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and there's a lot of, like, little subtle things like that in the first two movies especially. And I agree. Even though I agree with the most part, I think – even though I still like pretty much the bulk of the movie, some of the effects have not dated well in comparison to Superman 1. And I didn't like some of the resolutions more so in this one versus the reverse the time thing as we talked about. Like the the memory blanking kiss. And and all of a sudden these like ridiculous powers with the cellophane-ness and the... Uh, uh, and some of the other ones he had, as we talked about, turning invisible, ter- becoming three. I don't know if that was a trickery of the Fortress of Solitude, or but I don't think so because the other guys did it. So
2: I always assumed that even the cellophane was some sort of Fortress of Solitude technology that he had access to in the fortress. Because, you know, otherwise, yeah, it's as dumb. <clears throat> it
0: yeah, but I think at this point it's just starting to become dumb. It's too much what the fuck taking you out of the movie a little bit more. Like, we're as shocked as as those guys are, you know? So, <laughs> essentially. What is uh, happening? <laughs> what is happening? He defeated me with cellophane? <laughs> you know, it's like... But anyways, um, you know, I, I still do recommend it, even though it has somewhat depreciated in my eyes over time. There's still, still a lot to take away from here. And it's still a very fun movie. Highly, still very highly recommended. Because the podcast is getting... I don't want to take too much time on three and four... So what I'll do is I just want to ask both of you, out of the two, which one do you enjoy more and why? So Jeff, you can go first.
1: I enjoy Superman 3 more. The reason why I enjoy 3 more is I like some of the slower paced scenes where we get, you know, we kind of, we cut out, we get rid of Jimmy, we get rid of Lois, we get rid of Perry, we get rid of Metropolis for a large part of the film and we just focus on Clark Kent. We get to go back to his past. We get to meet Lana Lang and get to learn a little bit more about, you know, Clark Kent before he was the bumbling persona. Uh, And I I really like some of those scenes. You know, I I thought it was I thought it was neat to see, uh, you know, in a movie like this. So that works for me. And the duality that he experiences when, you know, he gets hit with the bogus kryptonite that Richard Pryor makes. He turns into an asshole for part of the movie there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's a great scene. Great stuff there, and he's you know drinking in the bar. I, love, I
0: mean, I love that. Oh, that's uh, become I... like the ult- one of the ultimate most popular gifts. In fact, Nathan, yeah. I just I, I, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. I think I see it as your Skype avatar.
2: <laughs> yes, that is, that is correct. Uh, Superman, came to drink on the, the the part of that picture though is that it's not just him drinking, but it's also all the patrons in the back who don't even really seem to acknowledge that Superman is there.
0: <laughs> Except the bartender when he starts like blowing yeah. away all the expensive twelve year old scotch, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So that, but I like the uh, I like the fight scene in the junkyard, even though it doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense as to what's physically happening. I don't know that 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 worked for me because he's you know he's, he's fighting against himself, and even though he's you know he's fighting against the the effects of this uh, you know what would be crimson kryptonite anywhere else, but this bogus kryptonite one of the most interesting aspects I find of the genre, the superhero genre is the duality of personality here. Mm-hmm. And he's fighting against himself here. And I don't know, it really worked. I remember not liking this scene before when I was younger, I thought it was kind of stupid, but when I watched it for the podcast and I, I watched the scene, it, it really worked for me. So uh,
0: Oh yeah. Um, yeah, Christopher Reeve, like actually he did such a good job as the bad Superman. Yeah. He, like, he nailed like, it. Oh, yeah. well, he uh, nailed it. Like he was, he was scary. He was was, scary. Yeah. Even when
1: he he was scary, I mean, I mean, we talked about the bar scene, which was great. I loved it when he was really kind of creepily coming onto Lana Lang. Oh, yeah, that was was great. (laughs) We got a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I always get there in time, you know. Uh,
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, We we now know he's a fan of Shatner, so it's good. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: he does awesome. Time for the
1: ladies and time to save the galaxy. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously the addition of Richard Pryor is 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 very curious here as he's focused on. And it's a sh- and it's a real shame because, you know, creates a real weird uh dynamic there. But to give a long answer to your short question there, yeah, the Superman three over Superman four, for sure.
0: Nathan, how about yourself?
2: Yeah, I I would say I like 3 or 4. 4 is a little bit boring. Um, I like 3 for, I think, a lot of reasons that Jeff said. I really like Christopher Reeve's
0: performance.
2: But the other reason I like it is because the movie is so insane.
0: There's no just... limit here. When you have traffic lights fighting with each other. Wow. Um...
2: Yeah. <laughs> and this actually And that actually goes to my... My earlier theory that when he uh, spun the planet around to go back in time, he screwed up space-time continuum because during that scene when the, the traffic lights fight and Gus is on that computer or uh, Richard Pryor's is on that computer. Richard Pryor, he's so – first of all, he's bombed out of his skull, and it's night where he is, but it's daytime there, and people are getting – getting letters like, not to make any sense
0: oh yeah yeah that's true so,
2: and, and he's supposed to be this computer genius who seemingly doesn't know anything about computers and then the <laughs> other main villain he wants to troll the world's coffee and you know? <laughs> know? i mean well, i mean i guess later it's oil as well and then of course like you know and then rich i mean the movie is so crazy i mean there's like the movie opens with like a 15 i mean i mean jeff you you just watched it recently i mean correct me if i'm wrong but is that opening? slapstick scene not 15 minutes long
0: yeah it's 10 to 10 to 15 minutes long yeah oh my god yeah
2: and and most of it does not contain superman i mean at one point there's like a mom who's slipping on i i think like hard candy or something like that and and all these other things but then it gets so and this is the other thing where it's sort of an extension of two where you have a a lot of these light scenes and a lot of this humor. In three, I mean, he gets real dark. I mean, you just kind of laugh about the scene with Lana Lang in the house. And he's like, "Oh, I was to get there on time." It's creepy. But he's a little bit on the rapey side because he says in his line is something to the effect of, "Oh, well, you know, it's unusual to find a good-looking girl like you all by herself." <laughs> You know, and then later, better than, you know, uh, you know
0: other, funny, I've never seen garbage eat garbage before. That would have been a lot oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to her. But
2: then, but then, of course, it was the other scene, you know, on the Statue of Liberty or whatever that I guess that's what it is. But it's in Metropolis. And, and you know, he's got his junk right in that woman's face. and
3: But, mean,
0: you know, I mean, but I agree with you. That's what makes this uh, movie. As you said, batshit crazy, but it's so bad. It's good.
2: Yeah. And it's like, and again, like I'm thinking like, is this supposed to be a kid's movie? Like at one point there's like a cocaine joke and uh, you You even hear him
0: like fornicating with that lady. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. They're, like, yeah. doing it in the next room while you're focused on Java. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and the end, you know, of course, you know, they got the supercomputer that – there's, like, a the video game where he's still able to score <laughs> points. But I like how Richard Pryor, you know, he he's able to build the supercomputer. And I actually watch the guys when they're building it. So, like, Richard Pryor comes in with all the – like napkins and stuff like that. When the guys are building it, the engineers—they it's not like they build blueprints from those. They're still using Richard Pryor's napkins. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then I never Richard noticed that. Richard Pryor says, "Oh, this computer will." It's a little ambiguous. He's like, "Well, this computer will defend itself," and then later he shot that. You know, they're trying to use it to kill Superman. But then this allegedly super smart computer—it's not. Uh, you know, it, it uses missiles and then more cellophane against yes. super, uh, against <clears throat> Superman this time. But then attack number three is kryptonite. You might think that'd be number one for a supercomputer. Yeah, you might oh, it was made, it was determining what the weaknesses were. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so many other like I, I could spend an hour talking about Superman three, but the stuff with Christopher Reeve and uh, the junkie fight, I love that. And yeah, I'm like Jeff. As a kid, I thought it was kind of dumb, but as an adult, I'm like, yeah, this is actually like a really cool dark scene. I mean, it maybe it, it plays out a little silly, but I think the very the end part when he find, when he chokes out Superman, and then he's they got the great reveal where he opens up, you know, Clark kent's you know nice white shirt there he opens up and you know you got the s symbol and it's kind of a great scene
0: so i I, i've just have a some thought that just hit me here because we were talking about maybe there was some cocaine and some other shit that this uh bad superman was was doing do you think this was was all in his mind and then he actually yeah that no no not the movie but that fight that's why there's nothing there he's just choking air finally snaps out of it and goes huh what a trip better get back well, to it to hear that that
2: <laughs> fight scene it does happen directly after he leaves the bar so maybe he was just you know so he just tied one on so hard <laughs> that, that was that was just some alcohol fueled dream and then he just woke up in the junkie i was like oh, okay i'm over now
0: <laughs> yeah it's like uh you know grand theft <laughs> that auto yeah you go to that guy who just gives you that doobie and then you start fighting aliens they're
1: coming after me uh, I've been that drunk. I don't know what you guys.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're choking there, Jeff, when you're drunk, but uh, I don't want to know.
1: So. <laughs> I just want to say just is <laughs> poor Harry, before you give us your opinion of the film here. Just maybe I like Superman three, just to shout out that there are location scenes here filmed in uh, our hometown, Calgary of the early 80s sure looks a lot different than today. I don't know why they thought it would pass as Metropolis. But.
0: Do you know my mom saw Christopher Reeve film as Superman in downtown? I did, I did know that because I think you've told
1: me 100,000 times Okay. before today. <laughs> yeah, so anyway,
2: uh, just wanted to get that out of the. I did find it interesting to see the Calgary Tower, I yeah. guess, for the C-train station because I'm pretty yeah. sure that doesn't exist anymore.
0: No, but I I love the fact that there is from the first two movies and now Superman three Canada and Alberta and this city has actually been part of this lore and I find that personally special.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, it's pretty cool. I don't know if they still use it, but and I don't know what the the board is called, but there's a government group like for the Al- Alberta like film group or whatever they're called. They actually use a lot of scenes from Superman three and part of their civil reel when they try to attract a Hollywood produce. Stuff to come film in Alberta. Yeah, I'm so. sure
1: that I'm sure that real sizzles. now yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, I, I think they only
2: have maybe a couple of like the wide shots and stuff like that, right? Yeah, so. yeah,
0: no. All right, well, I'll get into it pretty quick. Uh, I, I agree on a whole. I like Superman three a lot uh, more than Superman four. Uh, I like the message and parts of the story of Superman four more than Superman three. Because uh, the problem with Superman three. I, I do know that the humor gets away from itself, and we're but the problem is we're focusing more on Richard Pryor. It's a Gus Gorman movie, not a Superman movie, and that really comes down to part of the problem. Too much Gus. But I do love the fact that we do get, you know, Clark away from Metropolis, and he's bonding with Lana Lang. I loved those scenes in Smallville, and I loved it. I loved the whole thing with When He Turns Bad, as we talked about. It's a great performance. These are great scenes. It's creepy. It's funny. It's a great action scene. Uh, one thing I also wanted to point out, the flying effects in this movie are top notch. Like that is, uh, in my opinion, even though he is on some mat shots, um, like when he's going over the water or some other places like that, uh, it's a lot of it is he's still really high up in the air. He's not sitting on some box in front of a projector. He's moving and taking off. And some of these effect shots are just, I don't know how they, accompl- how they did some of this. Like if you remember, there was one where even in the junkyard scene he flies when he, when he wants to crush the good clark the evil superman flies and you see him fly down and he goes into the the actual machine that will actually initiate the crushing sequence and it's all one shot i don't know how they did that but that's oh, amazing yeah, that
2: that's that yeah that's actually really well well shot now that i think of it
0: yeah, I mean there's just so many things that stand out here. I I I love I loved again Christopher Reeve and the action. The the ending is a bit dumb with just the acid, but I I do love the you know the light brushing that this is supposed to be Brainiac. Really that's yeah. that was the the focus of what yeah. this computer was yeah. supposed to be. It's too bad it didn't evolve more. The one thing that I did find interesting, and I wish they elaborated on this more, what I would have done is, and again, we're harking back to something that's creepy for kids. Did you guys freak out when that, when the yeah. sister was like turned into the robot and you see all the oh, wires? Yeah. All, like, again, yeah. another scene that freaked me out when I was a kid. They borged
1: up that chick. Yeah. When they borged her up, that was, that oh, yeah. was creepy. Even yeah, when she I got... just watched that. Now as an adult, I'm like, oof, man, that's that's messed yeah, up. I, I remember as a kid being a little scared of that
0: scene, actually. It is it is creepy. Yeah, and it's well done, actually. Uh, they mm-hmm. don't really, I mean, they hold back gore, but they don't hold back oh, it the, looks the fighting. Good. It looks good. For looks a movie good. of this age, it looks actually really good. But I love the reference. Yeah, she definitely got Borgified. Uh, so I guess maybe we know where Star Trek got it from. So, But I, I wish that what would have happened is maybe would have been more interesting is if Ross was Borgified and he became... Brainiac, so that'd be interesting, and it would have stayed that way. And Superman, would you would...
2: still want to control coffee?
0: As hey, man, <laughs> no he, oil. He's Brainiac. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. But do you drink coffee? Then, he, then he knows what he's doing. So, but what, what do you think of that that idea?
1: Well, if they, um, I mean, they're going to need to do that earlier in the film. For that to work, I was right? just about to say the same thing because
2: at that point you you're literally like in the like the last battle, so it'd be kind of a throwaway to make him Brainiac at that point. So yeah, it would have had to have happened
0: unless he like, got away. They still had a battle and he managed to get away. Well,
2: yeah, fair enough.
0: Or they do some kind of foreshadowing, just like in Leprechaun. I will not rest until I get my gold. <laughs> so. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so. Yeah, but um, I, I do agree. It's just, I just don't like the how it's resolved with the acid, even though they do foreshadow it beforehand. But it, it's not as strong as the other two. It, it does get too humorous. But I do love many of the quotes. I mean, I ask you to kill Superman and you couldn't even do that one. <laughs> oh, thing, I love that. Task. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, I mean, and
0: there's a lot of
2: messages. I think messages is don't smoke kids because it'll make you a big jerk. Because I mean that was, you know, yeah. <laughs> Corman just looked at you know oh, okay Tar hard. and that just makes him he wasn't really evil he was just kind of just kind of a jerk.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I do love that. I don't know what I'm going to choose, but I'll choose Tar. That sounds fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get into Superman four. Obviously, most people would agree this is the worst out of the Superman uh, Christopher Reeve movies. It doesn't work. The budget is really bad, it completely trashed, even though they promised a lot more to Christopher Reeve to make this film work uh, then they changed the uh, can and changed their minds. And well, I do feel bad for Reeve in a sense there. But in the end, it's an interesting concept and story about the nuclear missile crisis and Superman actually getting involved with an actual human problem that he can potentially solve. So what do you guys think about just that story concept And then just based on that, does this movie have any, is there any worth to this movie just based off that concept?
2: I think it's worth watching. I mean, I I actually, uh, this is maybe only the second time I've seen it as an adult. I I don't know. I mean, if you're a fan of Superman, it's kind of fun to throw in and and have a good laugh because it it does have some serious moments. And, you know, certainly the message, it wasn't even uh, so much the nuclear proliferation that I found interesting. I I found it more interesting, the dilemma that Superman has or really what Kal-El has I can't remember the, the dialogue exactly, but when he goes to the fortress of solitude, and uh, you know it's the uh, Kryptonian castle now for some reason instead of his mother previously, but they say, well, you know, if if you keep offering them help, they won't, they'll never learn. So you should just let them figure it out for themselves. And that was kind of the gist of it. I thought that was a much more interesting premise. You know, should he just stand aside, let the world figure it out, or should he do something about it? But you know, it certainly has some messages there as as do and well the resolution of the movie is like i couldn't really tell if he did destroy all the nuclear weapons or not
0: um, well I, I think he he did because they all went into the sun earlier in the movie right
2: he did but then he gives a speech at the end that <laughs> seems to sort of indicate well you know we're the world is, is still kind of in danger i i guess yeah no maybe you're right maybe he did get rid of all of them but I think it kind of goes to some of the problems that they've had with Superman and, you know, like during World War II, you know, they they kind of had weird ways of keeping him out of the war because like, well, if he just goes over and, it, you know, it's all, and it's just done. I mean, that's not, it's not interesting there. So, but uh, I, I found that kind of interesting and I don't think I hated it quite as much as I thought I was going to watching it again. You're right, though. It looks cheap everyone's looking maybe a little more tired it's got you know all the gags again even though we don't have the return of Lester. but you know there's that weird gag where you know clark Kent and superman are supposed to be at the same dinner oh yeah, yeah. and i was thinking oh, how did he think that was gonna work and it's just it's really strange you know people can breathe in space oh you know, that's ridiculous like that. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Love even love as a that. kid i said i was like what the fuck am i watching
2: I was yeah. I I could almost forgive him him talking space, but when he took uh, that woman, or when Nuclear Man took the woman into space, and you know and you know we were talking about crazy powers again as Superman too. How about his ability to rebuild the Great World of China <laughs> by just looking at it? Yeah, somehow? I know. Yeah, and, I mean and- of all, <laughs> I mean that's pushed well, – That's that's beyond pushing. It. Like that's just a lot of ridiculous. So, but and, uh, and I, agree. I think don't want to spend like too much time talking about every minor thing in Superman Four, even though I've got about eight pages of notes about it. <laughs> I think, I think, I, I think, if you're a fan of Christopher Reeve uh, as Superman, I think it's kind of a, it's kind of a fun watch. You know, it's not a lot of good movie.
1: Oh man, I, yeah, this movie's pretty, it's pretty awful. Unfortunately, the. You know, the budget or lack thereof really shows here. Lots of half baked ideas. They're trying to take on something important with the, you know, the nuclear proliferation message. And I can respect that, uh, that they they took that on. And even the idea of Nuclear Man is okay. Like they're trying to create an original villain. uh, What what,
0: What I want to know is how in the world did Lex Luthor program that thing to give him clothes? He just cuts out a little piece of fabric, and he's fully dressed. Oh, he
2: does. Ex- he does explain well, it. He does say the computer <laughs> will will create it. I I want to know why a Nuclear Man had Lex Luthor's voice.
0: <laughs> yes, he did. Because something
1: something science. That's why, guys. That's why. Yeah. You know what I found the most most interesting thing to me about this movie, and from when I was a kid, was. In a word like, the big weight is hanging from a one thread of Superman's hair?
0: Oh, yeah. And he's able that, to cut it. Oh. It,
1: it? Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. Pretty dumb. Yeah.
1: Um, not I, – I, i I'm going to say I, I can't recommend this movie in good conscience to anybody with more than half a brain. It's a real shame that, the, you know, the Christopher Reeve franchise ended on yes. this note here. He deserved better. The franchise deserved better. The character – deserve better and I, I think you know this really shows what you know money grubbing losers the producers were i get to this one they, they didn't care at this point it was just another sequel for a money grab and it's it's just a damn shame uh, that this movie was made maybe there was a couple nuggets here that could have been made into a good movie but there's there's nothing here for me
0: yeah I, i'm mostly on the same page when i look at a bad movie we know, we can all know the reason why the budget was cut. The story, you know, it's just like, you know, you can look at elements of other movies that did, got their budgets cut. They couldn't realize their full vision. I, I still do like the message that they're trying to tackle, as you talked about him stopping a potential potential nuclear holocaust. She should get involved. Should he not get involved? That, that interplay, those those questions he's asking himself. I enjoyed those scenes. Because to me, this is the Superman I personally want to see, but just done better. When people say, I need to see Superman fight a supervillain, and I'll get into that maybe when we talk about our final thoughts in the end, I don't need to see that all the time. I'd rather see a good movie of him of him contemplating saving the world and how, how much he should get involved. How does he inspire people? Yeah. Uh, you know how you know what are the consequences of him getting involved? I yeah. think that would be a more interesting story, even though it's not going to sell to young adults and not yeah. make money, and that's part of the problem. Uh, even though we get some great stories in the comic books, you could talk about, uh, say, All Star Superman, for example. Have you guys read read that one? Yeah, so, I've read that. How about you, Nathan?
1: Uh,
2: haven't read it. Watched the cartoon.
0: You watch the cartoons, you know the story. Yes. So that's another great Superman story that I love, which he's not really there fighting anybody. He's just going to go do the right thing and save everybody anyways. And I love the speeches he gives. And the one thing, what is the most surprising thing out of this movie for me is I love the, the line he gives at the UN at the end where he says, you know, I wish you could all see the way I see the world because it's just one world. Something along those lines. It's touching, it's humble, and stays in line with the spirit of who Superman really is. And that's what I take away from this movie. It might be the only thing I take away from this movie, and I still cannot recommend someone watch this. But if you are any Superman fan, find it and watch it just for that one scene. Because it's touching, and with all the shit that's going on in the world today... With those refugees, with the atrocities that are happening in the Middle East, that hits home more than ever.
2: That's a good message. I I would say, I mean, I would recommend uh, someone go watch it just to see the uh, newspaper headline: "Superman Says Drop Dead to Kid." For me, it's <laughs> not worth <it> right there. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, in all in all seriousness, though, so I I don't know. I think. I think people who are—I kind of disagree with you guys. I think it, it, it is bad. I don't think anyone's going to think it's good or come away thinking like, "Oh, I kind of like that." I think if you're a Superman fan and a Christopher Reeve fan, it's good enough to watch, you know, once if you've never seen it. I mean, if you've seen and you hate it, you know, maybe don't bother. But I, I would recommend it, you know, just on a number of levels. But maybe it's just me saying, "Oh, watch a bad movie and make fun of it."
0: Okay. Okay, so I guess let's just... I mean, Jeff, I'm pretty sure I know you already talked about what you your final thoughts on this. So let's move yeah, on to... Uh, so unfortunately, the Superman Christopher Reeve franchise ended there. So years later, we do get the first of two reboots, Superman Returns. So let's get into this. So my question to you guys is, again, I don't want to get into a plot summary. I just really want to know your initial thoughts, high-level thoughts on this movie. What did you think of story concept what did you think of the acting who was cast did they do a good job did this work as a sequel slash reboot and also did it get a fair chance because it was dumped to go into another reboot so what did you guys think what do you think of all that i know it's a few questions here um jeff how about we start with you
1: and you know what i i watched this one and i've seen superman returns a number of times so watching it in preparation for the podcast i was surprised I actually think there's a whole heck of a lot here. And I think it's a goddamn shame. Some of the concepts that we never got to explore because this was dumped. It was while it was not a box office failure, it, it just wasn't enough of a success for Warner brothers to continue with this franchise with the casting. Uh, Brandon Ruth, uh, I, I dug this guy as uh, Superman and as Clark Kent. Uh, interesting take on the character. Obviously, he's uh, channeling Christopher Reeve somewhat, and and that's the idea, right? Brandon or um, Brian Singer did intend this as a spiritual sequel to uh, Superman one and two. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we are in the same universe that because they're the first movies are referenced in indirect ways. So we are we are getting a different version. He, uh, what I thought was actually interesting, just talking about the casting still, uh, is, uh, Brandon Ruth was a, I don't want it's, to, it's probably not fair to say less masculine version of Superman, but he, you know, phys- physically, he's a, he's leaner. Uh, the look of the suit is, uh, a little more modernized. It's not as masculine as the Christopher Reed version of the suit. Uh, Kate Bosworth was an interesting choice as Lois Lane. I remember her not resonating with me when I first saw the film. Did but she when, resonate with you now? When I rewatched it, I actually did like her quite a bit more. And that, that really surprised me that uh Wow.
0: I, I could did. cannot uh, disagree with you uh, more. Yeah. Well, she's well, horrible. Yeah, she yeah, is horrible. <laughs> well, she you know is the worst casting decision in any of the superman movies so far including man of steel completely miscast she's
1: miscast yeah i i will agree she is miscast but i liked her more it was odd the the difference in my memory versus watching it this time she didn't bother me as much as she did kevin spacey i i also thought made a pretty good lex luther but I thought he had trouble with the role. He wasn't sure what he was doing. That's the impression I got. He wasn't sure if he was,
0: was he doing Gene
1: Hackman or was he trying to do his own take? I think he was trying to strike a balance and I, I don't think he quite got there. But he was okay, you know, using the original music mm-hmm. I thought was uh, was great. I, I loved when the, when the theme started up. I mean, I was right back into it. I was really enjoying myself. You know, there's lots of little... Kind of cool bits that I, you know, we can probably get into here. And again, like I've said, I think there's a few points here that I think is just a damn shame of the missed potential because we weren't carried forward in in this universe. But yeah, I I, I thought overall it it worked great. I actually really liked James Marsters as uh, Richard Richard White. The the choice that Brian Singer made here, I thought was uh, really interesting. I mean, obviously we've got. Uh, the conflict, the, the bit of a love triangle going on here. Lois is uh, in love with this new guy, and they're going to get married, and he's the father of the kid, or at least he believes it, and she's trying to sell that idea. And he's, uh, and, you know, and obviously we've got Superman coming back into the picture, but he's not played as a jerk or some kind of an asshole or something. He's played very heroically here by James Marsters. This guy, is uh, he's a champ in this movie. I, I really enjoy it. He knows that his soon to be wife is, is uh, still in love with Superman, uh, but he still sacrifices everything for her risks, everything for her. No, he'll uh, take those was, sloppy seconds. He will take the sloppy seconds and like it for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I really love, you know, my, one of my favorite scene in the movie, you know, towards the end where Lois and the kid are trapped in the, in the ship. And the kid goes to open the door and, and there and Richard walks up and opens the door and she's like, How did you get here? And he's like, I flew. I, I thought that was a beautifully layered line. So for casting, he was my favorite.
0: Yeah, he was uh, good. I, I, so I did enjoy good. him. I, I don't know why he left X Men
1: to do this, but Well, he left X Men because Brian Singer left X Men to do this and they, they uh they killed this monkey ass in X three, so that's why we <laughs> to uh to this one. He got he got no respect in X Men, let's face it. Yeah, no he respect. didn't. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, I got lots to talk about for Superman Returns, but I'll, for my initial impressions, I'll, I'll leave it there and, and turn it over to you guys.
2: Yes. I mean, like Jeff, I mean, I've, I've seen Superman Returns many times and then rewatching it for this podcast. The one thing that really struck me was that this movie is just way too long. You know, I, I still like it, but, you know, kind of trying to think about it critically, even though I like the idea that they're trying to do. A sort of a lodge sequel of sorts in a way that it was kind of that also trapped it with a, uh, some of the problems that I have. I, I mean, I'm with you, Harry. Kate Baldworth, terrible. I mean, I think yeah. she was terribly miscapped, but I think the role was also terribly written.
0: I, I agree, um, yeah. She wasn't I, Lois Lane I, anymore from the original movies. No, no she, she wasn't.
2: wasn't. In fact, I'm, I don't know what the hell she was doing in this movie because. It, it was not. It was not a real. Like she kind of felt like a, um, like a, like a jilted high school girl in a way. Like oh, that other guy, he left. He saw him with this dude. I mean, it just was not good. The performance was not there. But I mean, she the uh, part was not written well. I don't no. think. I forget the actor's name. The actor who played uh, the new Perry White. I like him, but he's still trying to be exactly like the Perry White. I'm like, why are we trying to do that? And mm-hmm. then. Kevin Spacey, love Kevin Spacey, but, you know, again, I agree with Jeff. I don't think he really knew what to do with the role because sometimes it feels like he's trying to be a little bit jokey like Gene Hackman was and then go really scary all of a sudden. Yeah, like um,
0: he he didn't have the charm. And also, I mean, he was smart. He knew what was going on, but he also didn't seem like he had the intelligence that hackman had and also there was a nuance to hackman's how evil he could be especially in the first one yeah uh, there's one line like i see a lot of people say hackman's too goofy he's too hammy yeah it's it's still a great performance but the one line that sells me that this is the lex luthor that i'm scared to shit out scared shitless of is he says uh when superman tells him in superman 1 so um, uh, a warp brain like yours gets kicked out of, kicks out of planning the deaths of innocent people. And he, and he says very plainly and seriously, no by causing the deaths of innocent people. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that is an amazing delivery an amazing line. And yeah, I don't get that. because
2: it, It's strange because I don't think anyone else would have been able to deliver that line in a way. I mean, I think if you gave that line to Kevin Spacey, he would have been soft-spoken the first part, and yelled the second part in Superman's yeah. face.
0: <laughs> but that's what he would—he yeah, did that to Lois, right? That's what he was well, doing.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, and uh, Gene Hackman's char- i mean, the way the character is written too—is that uh, uh, Lex Luthor at the time was, um, you know, not quite the—that uh, was still the era of he was the evil scientist. And in Superman Returns, he's like, well, he starts off as an evil grifter, and then then he wants the the land thing again, which I don't – again, it's kind of strange we're retreading that. But Brandon Ruth, I really like Brandon Ruth, especially in the things he's done after Superman Returns. I kind of. I really thought that after that after the uh, sequel for Superman Returns, like when that wasn't gonna materialize, I'm like, oh, this guy's acting career is done. And I've really grown to be a fan of his. Uh and but I really did like him in this movie and I kinda liked his, his take. Um and obviously he was picked for you know well, not hundred percent his looks, but I mean that probably strongly influenced uh his casting in this. Um overall, um I like Superman Returns. Um, I I think it's just too long, and I think the devotion that they have to the uh, Richard Donner films may have hurt them a little bit. And also about Marsters there, it's it, the thing was that I don't like him, even though he was actually I, I like him as an actor, and I do like the characterization. But I didn't like him there. It felt odd, but he was actually a very necessary component of the story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's kind of weird. When I watch it, I I feel weird about it because I like it and I don't like it.
0: Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I, I have similar reservations for for Superman Returns, as you guys said. You know, it's interesting how Superman Returns is kind of a reboot, remake, or homage of what you when you say of Superman the movie, and Man of Steel is kind of. Even though it's kind of a hybrid, it's still it's dealing with Zod, which is Superman 2. Going back to this movie, the problem here is is it's it's a beat for beat remake. I mean, a replica of Superman the movie. I I, I made a whole list, bit I mean, I'm just going to list a couple of these things here. It Starts off with Krypton blowing up. Luther has another Miss Tesmacher. Miss Tessmacher's character has a heart of gold and does something nice at the end. Luther going through a library looking where he can find kryptonite. You know, he's on the Kent farm. Jimmy, when he sees Jimmy, Jimmy mixes up his name. Again, he saves Lois from an aircraft accident, says the same line. She faints again. Clark getting stuck in a turnstile, saying the word swell, reference to Addis Ababa. Still have another flying sequence. Lex dealing with the land. And then him, the cracks in the earth, and it is, it is a complete remake, beat for beat. There's nothing new here, and that's part of the problem except with the super kid. You know, like yeah. th- that's the only thing.
2: And that's and when I was watching it again for this podcast, I have, you know, the fact that they're they spend so much time trying to stay devoted to the original movie, I I think kind of holds the story back. It's funny that you mentioned all those beat for, for beat things. I'm going to bring that up when we talk about Man of Steel.
0: No, no, but th- I do want to say one thing. There is... One element of Lex, he says a line in here that's well done by Spacey. He says, gods are selfish beings who fly around in little red capes, who don't share their power with mankind. This is, even though I can see Hackman saying it, but this is now a slightly more modernized Lex Luthor that fans have been kind of clamming for. You know, the the power, the businessman, Lex Luthor, who's, I don't know, becomes president in the comics or, or whatnot. He's not a scientist anymore. He's more of the powerful businessman who who manipulates and wants that power so i did like that line and that's the only the only line that i like this kevin spacey said in this movie i liked brandon routh is it routh or ruth i don't know we'd
1: have to ask him when we have him as a
0: guest star on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> well I, i'm gonna go brandon routh because that's what i've heard uh i did
1: I like thought, I, I thought i heard is
0: ruth okay so Brandon Um, Routh. um, (laughs) um, I I did like him. I I feel sorry for the guy. I I did like the fact, and I really appreciate that he didn't just go out and copy Christopher Reeve. There were elements of of Christopher Reeve in his performance, but he still did something, I wouldn't say unique, but still something of his own. And it's a shame. I, I still felt that the Superman that I like, the spirit of who Superman really is, is still evident in in this character we see here even though i know it's a remake or a sequel still in the same universe so that was kind of the point but i still see it here and it's a shame we didn't get to see more of him doing something different i i did like he wasn't a bumbling fool as as clark kent so that was a good thing but i, I do want to touch on what two things that i did i did notice in this movie that i did like when he arrives back at earth you see him at home in this farm as he's recuperating from his trip. he's flipping through the tv he has a very angry look on his face as he's seeing all the violence and chaos uh, all over the news. modern It's reflective of modern times. And, again, and then again, you see him when he talks to Lois when they're up in their flying sequence and he says, uh, they're talking about the world doesn't need a Superman. And does the world need a Superman? So these elements I liked. And he says, you know, you're saying the world doesn't need a savior, but... You know, when I'm up here, that's all I hear. People are crying for one. So these are, again, elements of a Superman movie that I wish, instead of remaking Superman the movie, they would have explored this here. Or it's too bad we didn't get a sequel that would have explored those facets a little bit more. And that's a shame. That's something I just wanted to point out.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I can't agree with you more. That aspect and, and along with a few others, I think is a real shame we didn't. Get to explore in a sequel to this to this film because you're right. They were they raised some questions here that you can tell they were they were going to carry forward in in this new franchise and they and they never got the chance. And while I know that I you know would have noted this the first time I saw it and in subsequent viewings when I was you know sitting down writing notes on this for for the podcast, I mean I started a couple of points here. I'm like, ah, it's a goddamn shame because this is a really good question that they raised here and they just did not get the chance to really explore this topic and but they did right
0: but they did get the chance this movie was their chance and they didn't explore they just wanted a repeat suit and that's the problem here
1: you're right i mean mean, uh brian singer it's weird to say he, he had too much reverence for the source material here for the christopher reeve richard donner movies um you know he wanted to set this in that universe too much and that that hurt it i mean it's great because there's elements of that i mean that that would have been great in a new franchise you know we we, we could have carried the spirit of the original movies forward yes. into the 21st century and that would have been great and i think they could have done it because i think this movie works in a lot of ways and they just they didn't get the chance uh, you know yeah the miscasting of kate bosworth and you know, other aspects that, that don't quite work just because they're, they're calling back too much to, uh, you know, to Superman and Superman 2. But, man, it's a shame. It's a real, it's a real shame that they didn't, they didn't get another, they didn't get the chance.
0: Yes, uh, and I agree. Uh, but before we move on from Superman Returns, we can't do a, a, an anal- a proper analysis without mentioning the child. Yeah. The super kid. So what are your thoughts on that development? How about you Nathan? How about what, what do you think about that?
1: Well,
2: you know, I think when I initially saw the movie, I kind of I didn't really know what to think of it and I think I disliked it initially, but now I appreciate that this was I mean, this was completely new territory that they were going to explore. It's not really explored in the the comic books other than, you know, the occasional Elseworlds comic book. I I, I appreciate that, that they were going to try a new take and i think that could have been their chance if they had had a sequel that would have been some very new and interesting territory to explore my impression though too that a lot of people don't like the kid or the or the idea that represents and i'm not really clear on why people don't like it maybe because it's different but you know different can be good and you know for a movie that is as you said harry almost like a (laughs) A, a complete remake of the first movie i mean I, I think it's an interesting idea
1: i uh absolutely love this idea of the kid first so first of all just in the logistics of the film i loved how they played it where you know he's a mess of a human being you know obviously because he's a hybrid of an alien and human so he's got he's got the asthma thing and there's a scene where lois is like did you take this did you take this, did you, take this? Did you take this so you know he, he's struggling with with just being uh, you know half human half Kryptonian. I, I thought that was those great details. Oh, man, I think it's it's new territory. There's so many things that they could do here in a sequel. I I really liked at the end when Superman is totally creeping on Lois Lane and he's in he's in the kid's room and he gives the Marlon Brando speech right from Superman to the kid. I love that. You know, there's that scene where uh you know, after the kid does the uh Wiley e. Coyote uh Roadrunner piano on the bad guy, you know, and the bad and the bad guys report back to Lex Luthor, Oh, you got hit with the piano. And Luther right boom, he knows. Yeah. Right there exactly who this kid is.
0: Well, he even uh, knew
1: kind of before. Well he he suspected before, yeah. but right there he knew exactly he's like, Where are they? Right. So that's also a really great
2: scene for Kevin Spacey because yes. yeah. Yeah. There's, no, there's no line. It's just the look in his face and it's it's yeah. priceless.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is priceless. And uh, I mean, so I thought that uh, that was really neat. Nobody's dared to present the idea of Superman and his offspring with Lois Lane in what we would say is canon, right? We've, as Nathan said We've seen some of this stuff in some Elseworlds comic books, some alternate realities. Usually Lois just dies before she can give birth to a Kryptonian baby. But we've never had anybody who was like, nope, we're doing this. We're going forward and we're doing this. And Brian Singer had the balls to do it. And uh, I'm really disappointed that we don't get to explore this uh, further. thought it was great. Like I said, a uh, hundred times already today. It's goddamn shame.
0: Okay, so that's good. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs>
3: Thank you for asking. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm
0: consider of you. Uh, yeah, but no problem. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you what I think of this. Wrong! I mean, um, <laughs> I, I'm all for new ideas and takes. What scares me here is Singer's premise of doing this seemed to me about getting Routh that line at the end that the circle is complete, the father becomes the son, and the son becomes the father. So again, we are... rep. I mean, does it make sense in terms of life? You know, for people who are parents, you know, they're once babies, then they become... They have their own babies, and then, you know, when you get old, your kids take care of you, in a sense. These are elements uh, and tropes that are true in reality.
1: Sorry, but- I don't want to cut you off here, dude, but it's like the the... the- the son becomes the father, but the father becomes the son, like the sun in the sky.
0: Well, like God, you can look at it. Right? You can look at it both ways, though.
1: No, but that's how it's. That's how the line is meant. Like the sun, right, to Kalel, to Superman. Yeah, the, the you are is, the light is, is, in my eyes. Yeah, right. But the sun, it, you know, like Jor El is the sun in the sky, S U N to yeah. Kalel, to Superman. Right. So now it passes to his son. So I mean, I see what you're saying. Where you know Brian Singer is trying to bring it full circle, but it's not so much full circle as the next generation patch passing
0: the torch. Oh, did somebody hang up here? Nathan, are you here. still here?
2: No, no, I'm, I'm still here. Just, oh, you're still uh, there. Okay, get up. Right. Just, just,
0: I'll, but I will be back in thirty seconds. The thing is, here Jeff is where I disagree. Is this is um something that's played in other movies and it scares the hell out of me Uh, not that i don't want superman to have a family but uh, where would the story go from there i can tell you where the story would go from there in the future he's either going to fight alongside of him and then it's not going to be as interesting of a story you're going to get indiana jones and the crystal skull you're going to get a good day to die hard you're going to get movies that just downplay it And focus on the wrong aspects of family. Because now the son's tagging along for the adventure with the papa. Are you saying you didn't like a good day to die hard? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you understand what I mean? Is where are you going to take it from here? Unless Superman's going to take a back seat. And he's going to become Mr. Miyagi. And this is Daniel's son who's going to now take up the red cape and boots. I don't see where you're really going to go with this story. Except it's just another character in the future that would actually get into trouble and become a hostage that superman has to rescue and you're going to handcuff future movies so i don't like that there's another problem with the super kid here now what's brian singer going off of the lester version because correct me if i'm wrong superman lost his powers then fucked lois lane well it's still kryptonian dna though Oh, uh, he lost his powers. He's uh, going yeah, to be a mortal man. It didn't it didn't turn him into a human being. It didn't change his DNA. So and this this uh kid should have it's been suppressed a... too. This kid's like what? 10 years what? old and he's pushing pianos that hard? Give me a break. Well, when when Clark Kent
1: came to when Kal-El came to Earth as a uh whatever, a 4-year-old, he was lifting a car. Yeah, but as his, soon powers, he got out of his powers his powers were as he got not suppressed. His powers were not suppressed. He what was that still a... to to with what does well, that have to do with his DNA? He's still Kryptonian,
0: right? Man, you know it's just like an X-ray. You go through that shit, it fucks up your sperm, man. That's I guess not super know. sperm anymore. <laughs> now you're going to get into that debate where it's like, if it's super sperm, he's it's blasting through Lois Lane. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you want to get into this conversation now. Well, that no, sperm is neutralized, and I, this I, is the I, crux. This is worse than if you're going to argue this that this works. This is worse than the turning back in time. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, I accept your apology, but you're wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nathan, what do you think? I know you skipped out a bit there.
2: You know, it's funny. You know, years ago when in the comic book, when they introduced the son of Bruce Wayne, Damian Wayne, I thought this is a terrible idea. But it actually kind of worked out, you know, because he was very dark and like borderline evil character. Just so saying that there's nowhere to go with this kid, I think uh, I don't think you give you know smart writers enough credit i mean i I agree that he, yes you you're just giving Superman yet another person has to try and save at the end of the, the day but i mean, and if they had a sequel then yeah he's only gonna be a couple years old or so, but down the line I I think that they probably have enough to to work with to make things. To, to make them different enough, you know one of the other things with the Superman: of Donner films is the um Superman opposes his Kryptonian father at the end, and so you could almost have this kid oppose Superman in some way, thinking that I'm doing the greater good then the I mean, I'm not a writer, so I mean I you know all the thoughts are not formed in my head, but I think it has some possibilities. It could definitely go the other way where it's absolutely terrible. But I appreciate the fact that they are trying something different. In a movie where they are borrowing everything from the Richard Donner films, It's it was kind of refreshing that they have enough forethought to say, okay, we need to do something different for the next one. And that's the part I like. As to whether or not the kid could actually work, we'll never know.
0: Yeah, and we'll never know. But yeah, it just scares the hell out of me because I have absolutely no faith in Hollywood that you know you're replicating a movie beat for beat and now you're introducing this and the next movie is going to be superman 2 and instead of lois lane being ripped apart at the end or threatened to be ripped apart it's going to be the sun. oh but the son will then turn around and break the guy's hand or i don't know you know what i mean it's just it scares me when i see father son superhero like action movies or superhero movies because i haven't seen one that really worked yet you could argue last crusade worked elements of it did but it also dumbed down elements of indiana jones as well that i didn't like anyways that's just me
2: i think that's i think that's a fair criticism for sure and i i agree with your fears that you know that they would kind of take this and like oh we'll make them, we'll make him superboy now Yeah. Right. Or something ridiculous like that. And I, and yeah, it could go, I think it could go either way, but I think that there, there is, there is possibilities there, but I mean, the the point is moot because I mean, they will never explore this. Correct. And the, in the, the upcoming DC uh, cinematic universe.
0: That's true. Okay. So final thoughts on Superman returns. So obviously you guys, I think we all agree that it didn't get a fair shake and it's a shame We didn't see a sequel or a a, a continuation of this universe. I mainly say that just because of the spirit of the character, not from what I see here. So the question I have for you is just based on this movie and this movie alone, do you recommend it?
1: Yeah, I recommend this one. I I agree with you, Harry. The, The spirit of the character is here. He's a little bit broody here for Superman, but I think that... This uh, is still the Superman that we know and love. I think that there's some really interesting questions here that are raised, I think are uh, maybe, if not provocative, at least interesting to contemplate. And aside from Superman's tendency to creep on Lois Lane, uh, which is a little unsettling, to be honest with you, I think there's a lot of cool stuff here. So, yeah, uh, this is uh, this is a recommendation for me. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I Absolutely. Uh, recommend it yeah kind of like what jeff was saying was that some of the themes are definitely there i don't necessarily mind the fact that he's a little bit more on the broody side i mean i guess you kind of explain it away as you know him kind of returning and sort of this uh you know these mixed feelings he has yeah i but i absolutely recommend it
0: yeah i mean yeah in a sense i agree with you nathan i i don't mind that there are elements that he is slightly broody you know i understand the argument that many fans have that he's just stalking and using his x-ray vision to uh invade privacy and stuff um uh, but but we're dealing with him and his, the love of his life so he's not doing that to a lot of people he's just okay. doing so it's that okay
1: here. to stalk if as long as it's your your former girlfriend okay
0: well i mean i think he just needed to know where he stands
1: yeah yeah i know i agree yeah you yeah because stalkers usually don't <laughs> worry about the girlfriend they just stalk random people
0: yeah uh, anyways uh, i can i can let that go it's not a crux for me what is a crux is the fact that this to me is uh, as i mentioned already it's too familiar it's too the story beats are all the same even though There are elements that are slightly different. And I'm not a fan of the story direction with the kid. The repetition and this story beat is what killed this movie in its tracks right here. I I agree with you. I think it still made enough money to warrant a sequel. But anyways, this this universe dies here, unfortunately, because I do like the spirit of the character. But I cannot give this movie a recommendation from me. No. It, it, It just fails because it it just repeats everything that's come before and it it was done better in the other movie so when I watch this movie I just say I want to stop watching it and I want to pop in Superman the movie and that's the problem I have here essentially so now let's because the podcast is getting longer so let's move on to Man of Steel I think we're going to have some interesting discussions here so obviously this movie is pretty recent so we really don't need to talk about memories of this movie or anything like that I'll just let you guys tell me what your thoughts of this movie are just to start the conversation. So Nathan, how about you, you start us off here about Man of Steel.
2: Well, I, I love it. I love Man of Steel, even though it has, uh, (laughs) I I mean, I could talk a lot about problems with Man of Steel, but I really enjoy it. uh, Despite the fact that, you know, again, we've got a, a broody Superman, it's dark. And, and I, I just, I know I'm jumping right to the end but it's a pretty gruesome kill at the end and but when i was re-watching it i actually at one point thought you know you could almost recut superman one and two and make a very similar movie to man of steel you know you've got you start on krypton and there's a and there's jor-el having a disagreement with the council and then there's zod the prison's on the phantom zone and then he's on, He go, they, they send Kal-El to earth and everything down to uh, like in a small town and there's the army and fighting the Kryptonians. Like there's a lot of very similar things. And I thought that was very odd given Zack Snyder's comments that, you know, he, he was, he was shocked that people hung on to Christopher Reeve just so much. And I love, I love some of the action and I Really like Amy Adams as Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have a bit of a soft spot for Amy Adams.
0: Is that I mean, a soft spot or a hard spot? Take a man. Well, I maybe.
2: Don't, but... on, man, it's a family show. Come on. <laughs> How about a family movie, no less. Yeah, I recognize a lot of the problems that people have with Man of Steel and the darker tone. It, it has none of he has none of the real charm that Christopher Reeve or even Brandon Routh had <laughs> as the character. But even still, like there are some things that I remember from the comic book in the 90s that were really present in in this movie where he was like a, a stronger slightly darker character who was kind of, kind of a no-nonsense type of Superman, which was a little different than Christopher Reeve. I loved Michael Shannon as uh, as Zod. I, I was kind of curious, though, as to why, and I want to know your guys' thoughts on this. So Zack Snyder said he didn't really, you know, he didn't really want to pay too much tribute to the Christopher Reeve. They want to make a clean break. And yet they have two Kryptonians that are oh, Almost like a, a complete ripoff of Ursa and Nod. Exactly. Yeah, and, and they are. A, like it's it's really it's a really odd choice because there is a great homage that I really love with uh, Jor-el showing, you know, kal you know, the the whole story of Krypton, and there's kind of the one shot of, you know, when he's describing how okay, well, we shot into space. It kind of, it kind of looks similar to the uh, spacecraft from the, the first movie. Oh, that was a cool homage but then to have yeah. two kryptonians that are not urson on but they kind of are but they're not you know you can't fault the action sequences i think the action sequences work and i did not everyone really complains about this is another thing i'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on is the scene at the end when they total metropolis i didn't have a problem with that You know, if anyone, you know, for people who've, you know, unless you're a professional fighter, if if you've been in a fight, you know, you're not really in control of the situation. That was sometimes the criticism there that, well, Superman should have taken it out of the city. I know I'm kind of delving into specifics now. but I thought, I don't know, I can kind of live with that. The movie, to me, works despite the fact that it is almost a complete 180 departure of the tone of every Superman we've seen so far. I don't know. It's certainly not my favorite Superman movie, but I, I really like it. I think I may actually like it a little bit more than Superman Returns, even.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Actually, maybe a lot more now that I think of it. Yeah, I'm changing my answer. I like it a lot more than Superman Returns.
1: Okay, that's good. So, Jeff, yourself? Yeah, I'm a fan of Man of Steel. I think there's a lot of interesting things going on here. Just you know, just to go through high level here, I, I really enjoyed the the sci-fi look of Krypton at the start. There's some things that kind of bug me that don't make a whole heck of a lot of sense there. But uh, the look is pretty neat. Uh, It's pretty similar to the opening of the original Superman, uh, Christopher Reeve movies there. You know, the the Zod Rebellion got some uh, similarities there. But I think that's kind of built into the mythology now. So it's hard to not do that now. One thing that really struck me, I I really love the physicality of Henry Cavill. Uh, This guy's a fucking beast of a human being. Uh, he's a beast, but that suit, it makes him a, a lot bigger, man. Well, you know, he's, he's big. I like the fact that, you know, he, he's, he's not waxing his chest either. You know, he's the big hairy dude. I thought it was kind of neat. Like we, people kind of, I don't know if it, it's been talked about. I like the addition of the beard in certain scenes. I, I thought that added a uh, sort of a, it grounded him a little bit. I thought it was a good choice. He's the most masculine version I think we've seen of Superman so far of uh, of Clark mm-hmm. Kent, and I like that uh, quite a bit. So I think that's pretty cool. I, I enjoy it. I mean, he's he's definitely a different take on the character right now. The earnestness, the innocence of what we've seen before of the Christopher Reeve and the Brandon Ruth takes on the on the character is not here. I think we get a more emotional. Version of Clark Kent of Superman, you know, for better or worse, it's different, and I I like it. I I like seeing a different version of this character that we all know really well. I mean, you know, I'm a fan of the comic books. I've read, you know, lots and lots of issues of the Superman books. You know, I've seen all the movies. I I like a slightly different take on the character. You know, you know, Zack Snyder's. you, You can criticize the guy. He's not a great filmmaker. I think he's a. I think he's a good filmmaker. Amy Adams, yeah, I, I liked her as Lois Lane. She didn't blow me away. My favorite part of the movie. I mean, there's lots that I really like about Man of Steel. Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent really worked for me. And here's what I really loved. Okay, Is and uh, I know you guys know the scene. So you know, in the movie chronologically, Clark Kent met Lois in the cemetery. He's telling her the story, or at least that's what we're led to believe. There in flashbacks about his father. So they're driving along, and they come across the tornado, uh, and they stop in the, you know, traffic jam because there's a you know a giant wind tunnel of death coming for everybody. And uh, you know he takes shelter with his mom under the overpass, and his father uh, is rescuing the lady, rescues the dog, saves a kid, gets his leg caught, and his leg's broken. He can't make it back.
0: Hmm. So it? Clark.
1: needs to make the choice he's like okay i gotta save him and i'm gonna reveal myself and the look on his face says he's gonna go and do it and then he his father puts his hand up gives a little shake of his head and so now so clark needs to make the choice right save him save his father or be revealed his father says no so then the choice is does he trust his father or not? Does he save him? And he chooses to trust his father and let him die. Yeah. I love the impact that they put on his death. Like in Superman the movie, he drops dead of a heart attack. And it doesn't... It's obviously impactful for him because he doesn't... Now he's lost both of his fathers, right? But well, here... It's
0: also, and I agree, this is a powerful moment in this film. One of the better moments of the film uh, in Man of Steel. But even in the first one, it's the point there is, is that even though he had all those powers, he still can't save a human from dying yeah. of yeah. natural causes.
1: You're right. And that's uh, and that's one of the uh, problems, or not problems, but that's one of the interesting features of the Christopher Reeve movies is with all of his power, there really is only so much he can do, even though he yeah. can fucking travel through time. Here, it's the same problem. He's only so much he can do, but here he has to make the choice and... And I love that they did that. I thought that was really interesting. They have never done that before, as far as I know, in the books. So
0: see, I'm gonna I'm gonna counter you on this. You're interpreting it as this was his choice. But it I It was his I, choice, though. I, no, he, no, okay, to okay, he, he did was pick. In, in a sense, yes. But let's look at it from uh a child abuse standpoint. His father That's was got a dark
2: you know, it was already dark. It was like, okay, well, dad, dad. Okay, let's
0: that es- that escalated guys. quickly. No, let me, let me just think of, just giving you a different viewpoint. I 100% agree it's a powerful moment in the film, and I do like it. I'm glad it's a different take. But I don't necessarily 100% agree with your interpretation that he was sitting there with the choice. His father made the choice for him. His father has been telling him, even though he's been kind of... Saying it in an open way, eventually you're going to have to make a choice. Eventually you're going to have to make a choice of what kind of man you're going to be. But he's also shown that you cannot reveal yourself. You are going to be a farmer. You are going to do this.
3: And and then he also says, he
0: puts up his hand and says, no, you're not coming. So out of respect for his father, he's trusting his father. You're right. I'm just arguing with you that he's not necessarily making a choice there. He feels no, like I, maybe he doesn't have a choice. And that's part of the paranoia here is he feels the world isn't ready and it's a valid question. Yes.
1: Right. Well, and that is a valid question. Either way you cut it, I think there's really interesting questions to be asked here. I I, I don't, I think, because his father has already said, it's like, you're going to change the world and you need to decide what kind of man you're going to be. So I don't think that, that Jonathan Kent is, is assuming that, you know, this alien from another world who can, you know, shoot, lasers out of his eyes is going to be a farmer for the rest of his life. He knows he's going to change the world.
0: Yeah. And I, done, I and I agree with time, you right? I'll agree with you because the last shot of the movie make, uh, says what you're saying. Yeah. Um, which is a great shot, but yeah, I'm just saying, even though I think Jonathan knew he was going to change the world for the better, he was so scared and the mom was scared too. She admitted it yes. later yeah. that the world isn't ready and he wouldn't be ready. And they're also not ready to to let go of their son.
1: Yeah, and I think that's more what it was, is they weren't ready to let go. Because as soon as he reveals himself, Mm -hmm. they think they're going to lose him to, you know, whatever is going to come next. So, Mm -hmm. for sure. A couple other uh, points on on the film. Henry Cavill, while I I liked his take on Clark Kent as Superman, he doesn't have that earnestness of uh, Christopher Reeve. But he's still very, uh, he's still very striking. I, I like the physicality that he brings to the role. You know, I don't think he gets a lot of opportunity to really explore the duality here because that's not part of the story, which I kind of liked, actually. You know, we don't have to play the game of, you know, Lewis can't tell who he is and that kind of stuff. You know, we, we just get rid of that stuff. We've done that before, and I like that we don't need to revisit oh, I that. that. I like that. Which yeah, part? I thought that was um, one of
2: the, the better decisions of this movie. And I well, I don't know. I think maybe Jeff, I was talking to you before Man of Steel had come out. And I'd sort of predicted yeah. that, and mostly just from based on what we saw in the trailer that there just would be no Clark Kent. Now, obviously I ultimately I was wrong because they do, you know, they do introduce him at bit. the end. But I, I agree that it was a, a good choice just to do away with
1: that. And it's like, okay she knows who he is right from the start. Yeah, and And, and I remember you saying that, yeah. And I I agree, and and I think you probably read like an advance script in order to make that prediction, but... uh. (laughs) (laughs) That was all from the trailer it was all from the trailer sure sure i don't want to wrap up my thoughts here but just the sort of my initial impressions here this goes for man of steel and superman returns i really dislike the christian imagery here the the cross uh the crucifixion scene Uh, this happens in the the on your nose imagery you mean yeah exactly i I I mean i
2: didn't I didn't see any. Uh, what are you talking about?
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> what are you talking about? This is a guy falling with his arms hanging out to the sides. Uh, where he is literally
2: Jesus Christ or the same <laughs> <laughs> Having a little speech in front of the stained glass window with Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Who was it also
0: was wearing that. red and blue, I believe. Or yeah. something. it's it's oh, it's yeah. really
1: lazy filmmaking, honestly. Uh, I know, I mean, come on. We all know that this is part of, you know, the allegory here, but it's lazy. I mean, it's Superman Returns. We didn't really talk about this. You know, there's a couple of images of Atlas uh, where you know he's got the world on his shoulders. I kind of prefer oh, yeah. that to the Jesus stuff, where he's got and you know, his arms are out to the sides. Like, come give me a break! Like, they didn't resort to that shit in the Christopher Reeve movies. They
0: did, but it was less. Uh, it was less in your face. It was just Marlon Brando's when he when Superman was first revealed in his um space school scene, saying, "Because of their compassion for good, I've sent them you, my only son." So that, well, that's
1: fine. And that's, that's perfect.
0: Awesome. That's all I need. I don't need him yes. in images of the cross. Totally agree with you there. That's what we need.
1: And I love that line from from Marlon Brando. Yeah,
0: yeah. and that's just good writing. And that's the I've
1: mythological
0: sent- beauty of the, the original. But anyways, I'm going to give you my thoughts oh. quickly. First thoughts on Man of Steel. I do love the physicality of this movie. You finally do get to see Superman in action. And I agree with you guys that I do like the fact that Lois Lane knows who he is to begin with what i don't like though is the fact that she's calling him clark in front of everybody you're talking about oh, the po- yeah. the police the military so not oh. all, not not okay so that's a, that's something that's not going to ruin a movie but then the whole world she's knows now ear,
3: she's out of earshot no yeah, no she's no, out not. of earshot that's what i thought too no no she's, no, out no, of no. she's not out Probably. of
0: earshot but then now you have the aliens going to the kent farm the aliens going with smallville she tracked it down way too easily to get to pete ross like from all these other odd jobs to get back to pete ross it's a little too coincidental a little too easy and i am gonna have a hard time believing the whole world will not know he's superman in the next movie and, and this kind of goes from where i'm gonna lead into the conversation here is i don't like this movie on its own to me this movie and i think i told you that jeff um when we saw this uh, on opening night or opening weekend is i need to see where we're gonna go with this movie for me to really judge is this movie any good or is it terrible and i'm scared of where it's going but that's a separate discussion there's just not a lot here for me to enjoy in terms of who superman is i mean i don't really enjoy his emo trip i mean i get that they want to do something different and i appreciate that it just doesn't work i'm bored and it's not exciting and there's no it's not mythic enough for me to really get attached to I, I don't know if you guys know what i'm talking about or understand that aspect i do like the different take with jonathan ken
2: i think i do understand where you're coming from because really all they're actually exploring is the fact that he's kind of an outcast and really just more exploring his, his powers, it feels like, and yeah. and the reaction to other people to him. We're not really exploring what the idea of Superman is. And I, I absolutely agree that the movie is entirely lacking in, in that. We don't explore the idea of Superman. We're just kind of, you know, getting the, the two-hour pilot for future movies, right? That's what we're yeah. having. I mean, but... Okay, well, no, I'm cutting you off.
0: Okay, so there's a, there's another couple things I want to mention that I find interesting on this. And again, it's a different take, so I appreciate it, but I don't know if I necessarily like jor is not really talking about him initially being a leader. His initial thoughts are he's going to be a god to them. Then this information, this stuff, uh storyline, which I don't like about the Codex. Instead of him inspiring humanity, is it his goal to really send the Codex there and naturally breed with humans so he can just really pass on Kryptonian DNA and then they'll become a hybrid race? Is that kind of the point here? I I'm-
2: kind of wondered that too. And I, I remember really only notice it watching it for this podcast. So I usually just fast forward all over that kind of stuff. Is a <laughs> part. But I, I kind of wondered at one point, like, what was the The whole point of sending the codex because then later on it seemed to be and this was a real problem i thought it seemed to be important to jor right later in
1: the movie jor wanted to preserve the kryptonian heritage in the race he didn't want to do it at the expense of humanity like true but he also said
0: the kryptonians had their time he's a product of their failures well so if yeah yeah, but if superman is a natural birth Okay, I get it. Fine, yeah. something different. You send him and he'll, na- whether he will, if he's naturally breeding with humans, this, this new Superman, that's how they're going to pass their DNA through natural means. I don't understand this codex thing. And it seemed like a just sloppy storytelling. And it also seemed weird from Jarell. Like he's not really talking about him, inspiring him. He's saying, okay, yeah, you could save him. Where you can save her as Lois is crashing and he's going to be a god to them. And it almost seems like in his discussions with Zod, it's all about becoming a hybrid race. And and then I also have other problems here too. Like Superman's first appearance to the world is like, don't play games with me, General. Instead of, Uh, who are you? A friend. These are the drastic contrasts here. Yeah, it's being done on purpose. But there's the question. Is that worthy of Superman? I guess the story is he maybe he doesn't know who he is yet. And that's why I say it's really going to depend on where the story is going to go from here. But I can only look at it from what I've seen so far.
1: I think you're right about his introduction to the human race. There was a bit of a disappointment. He, He was just floating over Area 51 or wherever they are in the middle of the desert. And, yeah, we've definitely lost, you know, the awe and the wonder of, you know, his introduction to the world and Superman and, to, you know, to an extent Superman Returns as well. So yeah. uh, I think you're right on there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I kind of agree. and uh, It's a little annoying to see that particular introduction. Like, again, this kind of goes to what I think is very odd about the movie, how Zack Snyder wanted to distance this movie from the Christopher Reeve movies. And this is probably one of those things because he wanted to I believe he wanted to kind of play up the the fear that people have of Superman as opposed to the awe. And mm-hmm. maybe that's just more of a sign of the times. People are maybe a little more cynical now than you know than they were in, in seventy nine, I guess. Yeah, like at times you know they they're ripping stuff off from the original movies and then then they just do a complete one eighty with Superman floating there in the middle of the desert and being taken away in handcuffs, you know, very, very odd choices. It's probably just to do, you know, to distance themselves, but they probably could have found a, a better way to do this.
0: Uh, Yeah, it it is. It's hard because you have to do something different. Otherwise, you're repeating the same mistakes Superman Returns made. But I just still think that, again, what's the spirit of this character? Who do we need him to be? I appreciate the story. I like the fact that he's uncertain. And there's a little bit of fear. And that's an interesting question is really the question is, is the world ready? I wish they kind of maybe had a discussion and, and said maybe a discussion between Lois and Clark or even between Program Jarrell and Kal-El am I ready to be the world's savior? You know what I mean? Because of yep. what Jonathan did to him and then going back to the child abuses, as I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding with that. I mean, I, I do appreciate the Jonathan Kent character here a little bit. You know, before we, you know, summarize our thoughts on Man of Steel as well. Well oh, but what Harry, it... you forgot
2: about the ending, though. Yeah, when I know, I know. I, Zod. I mean, Yes. Like, let, let's hear you rage on that. I need to know where you say it with
0: this. Uh, and Surprisingly, I'm not completely against it. I, I realize he's doing that to save somebody. My cousin pointed out to me very clearly that Zod, and it's true, Zod said there's only one way this is going to end with either one of them dying. So, I mean, Superman really has no choice. What I don't buy is the emotional outburst cry afterwards. Now, again, I hate to keep comparing back to Superman the movie. You compare that emotional outburst when he realizes that he saved everybody but Lois. I bought that scream and that cry to the heavens, and I didn't buy this one. And I remember I uh, I, I told Jeff that upon the initial release as well. I didn't buy it at all. It just seemed
2: forced. I 100% agree. It doesn't have nearly that that resonance that that creep at the end of the original Superman has. My bigger problem with him killing Zod is that you know I always feel that the character of Superman will always find another way, right? I mean that's kind of you know how a lot of superheroes are, especially with with DC, that they can always find an alternative. Mm-hmm. And I found it was the most disappointing thing in this movie that they not have found another way for him to stop Zod without killing. Him now, obviously, they they kind of wrote him into that corner so that he had no choice, but you know, they, they could maybe come up with something a bit different. But I, I really, really missed the mark, and again, I think that this goes the whole thing where they thought they probably thought that oh, no one would believe that we would go that far, and then they do, and it's supposed to be shocking, but really, I feel it's more disappointing than it is shocking,
0: yeah. And I agree, my, my disappointment with Superman not finding another way. It's not really about Zaw the the snapping his neck even though I think that was a bit gruesome for I think they could have find a less direct and harsh just, way of Superman just dealing pull his head
2: right off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like Mortal like moral combat.
0: Yeah, fight just finish him. <laughs> I could tell you I pretty much had that thought in my head. Just finish him. <laughs> but the reason why is because i was getting bored of and this is going back to where mo- action movies or superhero movies are today the last fight with i like the smallville fight and that was almost enough for me i didn't like any of the other additional fighting that happened in this movie the metropolis fight uh this odd fight i felt that it was too much and it went on for far too long you know a lot of people call it destruction porn now i, I just call it you know showing off it's just like it- it's the same thing in avengers you know after five minutes of seeing these superheroes get Together and it's cool. I'm done, but it goes on for another 25 minutes. A CGI fest, which is just boring. It gets dull. And it doesn't help that it's all CGI and not real. So what are your thoughts on that? I, I think we should just lightly touch on that quickly here. That's why I was saying I was kind of just kind of ready for this to be over at this point. What did you guys think of the, the ending here, even the whole battle?
1: I agree. Uh it just got boring after a while. I mean, it was too much, for sure. You know, I didn't care about you know, them fighting through the streets of Metropolis there, and I don't know, I don't have a problem with, you know, all the CG action and the destruction porn, if you will, but it doesn't have any emotional significance. If it did, if they found some way to make it relevant, then, you know, then sure, they could do all that to destruction porn as much as they wanted to. I think it'd be fine, but you're right, after a couple minutes, it's, you know, it's kind of meh. Just end it. Just to end it. You know, you guys are talking about him ending Zod in the subway station there. Junk Uh, it. (laughs) Junk it. You miserable cuss.
0: (laughs) You'll have to listen to the previous podcast to get that one, Nathan.
1: But uh, yeah, I don't know. They did what they had to do. I think, you know, obviously they're opening after Avengers. So, you know, they feel they got to make a big splash in a metropolitan area. They could have trimmed that down a little bit. As far as uh, him eliminating Zod, you know, we you guys have talked about a superhero. He would find he would find another way. Superman would find another way. And they kind of wrote him into a corner there where they wanted to do that because, you know, they wanted to uh, go where we thought they wouldn't. But we've never really explored why these guys, you know, these, you know Superman or, or it's Batman or whoever, won't kill. They won't eliminate this huge threat to what they hold dear. Right. And I thought that this was an interesting choice. Like this is why he won't kill because he did it. And after he did it, he realizes that, you know, even though he needed to do it, killing is not the answer, right? You know, he basically eliminated his entire race at this point right mm-hmm. that was the choice that he made again we go back to the hero's choice is it, uh it, it, well it's sophie's choice It's two bad decisions two bad choices and he has to make a decision and so he decides to sacrifice his own morality for the greater good and i thought that was really interesting that they that they did that i hope that they pick up that thread going forward i'm not sure that they're going to but we'll see so there, there you go
0: my views on Man of Steel may change depending on where where it would go. Why, why don't we? do not you just give me your final thoughts? Do you, do you you recommend Man of Steel, Jeff? I do recommend Man of
1: Steel. I think there's enough going on here that you know for the character. There's some things here that we've we see in Man of Steel that we haven't seen in previous movies. And, and while Henry Cavill doesn't have the earnestness of Christopher Reeve, he brings other things to the role I think are interesting: the physicality think is good it's a sort of a different view we don't get the bumbling uh clark kent we don't get the bullshit uh lois lane oh who's you know this doesn't know who he is so i think that's pretty cool it's big it's bombastic hits you over the head a little bit but yeah it's a recommendation for me
2: yeah i i really enjoy man of still uh, but i mean i enjoy it more as a sci-fi action film you know i mean as a superman fan i i do like it but if if i were to recommend uh someone who wants to get to know superman i would say go back watch the originals this is i think it's a really fun movie for
0: me fun is for me is a strong is a strong word i would say yeah in terms of the action superman fans were waiting because of some of the the way the stories were told in the original ones and the technological limitations of the time they finally got what they were clamoring for is a lot of punching a lot of destruction they got that in this one i enjoyed some of it as i mentioned but yeah i'm not digging the character of superman so far i like the fact that there are a couple of interesting takes like with jonathan kent i just wish they explored that a little bit more with kal-el himself more in the sense that is the world ready but then is he ready and i really didn't get that they just kind of said as soon as he found out oh my daddy's giving me a suit okay i'm I'm going to go, but why? Because it's not about inspiring the people. I'm confused on the message. And for me, that's why this is a meh. It's right on the line of, I don't know if I like it, and I don't know if I don't like it. Because there is stuff to like here, but there's not a lo- not enough to like here for me. It's really hard for me to lean one way or the other. Uh, it's not a terrible movie. But it's not a great movie. And hopefully it would Im- it will improve in the sequels. Now, How about we just have like maybe a short discussion on where the franchise is headed? So obviously we're getting Batman versus Superman coming up in several months here. Are you looking forward to that? And how do you feel that as a sequel? Because technically it's a sequel to Man of Steel. They say it isn't
2: a sequel, though, even though there are Mm -hmm. no plans for a Man of Steel 2 officially, you know, the official word uh, is that this is not a true sequel. And as far as where we're gonna go with the franchise in general, I'm actually kinda of worried, I'll be honest with you, even though I just said I really like Man of Steel and I am looking forward to Batman versus Superman, but from what I've read recently, some of the rumors are that the studio loves Batflex so much that they're almost gonna make him they're gonna make him the centerpiece now. Did you by Sorry, chance
0: hear today's news? That was yesterday's Perhaps. news. Today's news was that what you're saying is confirmed by Zack Snyder 100%. Oh,
2: okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, the, I mean the, resho- the reshoots. They're going to go back to add. Oh, well, yeah. We have to explain Batman more because you know I guess people don't know who Batman is, so we should put in a couple more scenes. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I was really looking forward to the idea that Superman would be the the linchpin. In my mind, he kind of is to the DC universe—not just the cinematic universe, but in the comic book world, you know—you kind of have the the holy trinity of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. But Superman is sort of the figurehead there. And if they're just kind of, you know, going with the safe route of Batman, I'm a little disappointed if that's going to be the case.
0: Mm. How about you, Jeff?
1: Well. I don't know. There's a lot of questions there. I mean, so just talking about the news there where the studio wanted more Batman and, and like you were saying today, where that's absolutely the case, but Zack Snyder's had a good point is like, well, Superman had the whole movie. We're just introducing Batman. So at the start, yeah, we got more Batman at the start because we had to introduce his character in this context, in this universe. And then as the film goes on, it kind of evens out. So if that is the case, And it's not just sort of a canned answer. I can live with that for sure. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Right before we started recording today, I I watched the trailer again for Batman v Superman. And I noticed that Superman does not have any lines in that trailer at all. So, uh, (laughs) Hmm. yeah, it's interesting. So go back and watch it. He didn't talk at all. Not even like No, he's got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a furrowed brow a little bit there. So, you know, I think the studio was not as impressed with the box office performance there. So I'm a little concerned there because I agree. I think Superman should be the linchpin of the DC cinematic universe. But all that being said, I am excited as to where this, everything is going here. I mean, even if, because we haven't seen this before, a couple other things since we're talking about news that broke today, you know, Zack Snyder had a good point, like Batman and Superman transcend the genre. Right? Th- these guys are mythology now. It doesn't matter what's going on out there. If the superhero genre fails or succeeds, uh, what kind of movies are popular? These two characters, they'll be doesn't around matter forever. what's yeah. going on. So they'll be around forever and they'll be relevant forever. So we can move forward with these guys. And I'm glad that I'm excited that we get to see them interacting together. We haven't seen this yet on this big screen. And if it's a colossal fuck up, Oh, it's okay. I'll go back and watch the other movies, which are awesome. That's hmm. fine. So I'm 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 optimistic because there's no downside. It sucks. Yeah, man. Yeah, fuck it. We'll go back and I'll watch Superman and I'll watch Batman Begins. That's fine. That's okay. I do hope that we get a true sequel to Man of Steel after Batman v Superman. Uh, I want to see what happens next with just this character out of the Justice League and all of those other guys. And I think that. You know, Henry Cavill's maybe not the best representation we've seen of the character. He's still a good representation of the character, and I like a lot of the things he brings to the role. Uh, I love the—I think there's a ton of potential here. And, uh, you know, I don't think Zack Snyder's a genius, but he has style. He, he gives a shit. He, he likes the—he has reverence for the source material, but he's not a slave to it like Brand Singer was. So I think we've got a lot of cool stuff to look forward to.
0: Yeah, I'll chime in with my thoughts here. Yeah, I, I, I am looking forward. I'm not going to be a douche and lie and say I'm not looking forward to Batman versus Superman. Of course. Who isn't? You want to see something along those lines that we've seen in the comics uh, actually on, on film. The issue I have here is, is they're going to address a main main story point from Man of Steel in this Justice League kickoff where, as in, about the the destruction of Metropolis and the impact of having this super-powered super being here. Should he be here? Is he a worthy superhero? Is he our protector? I don't know if you're really going to get a proper answer and a proper analysis of that question in Batman vs. Superman. I know that's what's going to kick off. Batman wanting to fight Superman. Of course, it's obvious. It's shown in the trailers. He was, I guess he was there when the destruction was happening and it looks like he's retired and that gets him out of retirement. I'd rather have that explored in a direct sequel with Superman by himself, whether he's dealing with the military or dealing with Lex Luthor. I, I don't need to see Batman there. I, I also agree that I want Superman to be the leader and the linchpin of Justice League. You know, Superman is... The leader. He is the superhero. The problem with the world today is that he's not the most popular superhero. And that's an issue with Hollywood. That's an issue with our society. And and that's very disturbing to me as an individual and a human being on this planet. Especially when it's quite clear that Superman... There are Superman stories that can be told if given a proper chance. That's just my, my opinion. I'm, I am worried. I don't buy... The fight to begin with anyways as well even though i kind of want to see it superman should be able to clean this guy's clock within a millisecond but anyways i'll give it a go i mean i'm not a big fan of the dark knight returns uh storyline there even though there's a kryptonite arrow i don't don't give a fuck if superman wanted to kill this guy or stop him it'd be done but he doesn't want to kill him
1: that's the well doesn't matter
0: you can wrap him up in some wonder woman lasso or or some uh bend some steel so he can't get out of it it's stupid Sorry, you know, we can, I will buy it. We can do a re- we can do a retrospective after the film comes out. I don't uh, buy it, even us. if there's kryptonite involved. Don't buy it. Anyways, <laughs> it would still be fun.
1: Do, I would love to do a
2: retrospective after the movie comes out, and but first we would have to listen to this podcast and all the <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, yeah you, I think you kind of echoed a lot of things I said there. Harry, I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, I'm probably a little bit more optimistic than than you. I think I'll most likely enjoy. Batman versus Superman, just on a pure spectacle level. And I mean, I think maybe I give Zack Snyder a little more credit. I think he is a good director. I don't think he's a good writer. And I think some of the problems I had with, uh, you know, Man of Steel come directly from also who wrote it, which was, you know, a lot of David S. Goyer, who I, you know, I don't really think is a very good writer, even though he wrote the Christopher Nolan movies. But I think Nolan takes the scripts and reworks them a bit, and Snyder probably doesn't or has his own stuff to it. But anyway. I think they got a lot of potential and it could very well be that this whole fight is, it's nothing. It could be the first half hour of the movie for all we know. Maybe the rest of it will just be them fighting Lex Luthor's terrible
0: wig. <laughs> you know, I'd love for them to just actually, you know what, uh, you know, fight for five minutes and then they just go to a coffee shop or, or go to the shawarma place at the, the end. Shawarma of the shawarma place, after. yeah. yeah like- <laughs> just like oh, an Avengers oh, oh. and just, and we deal with them just like staring at each other or tearing, t- telling dirty jokes. That'd be great. That'd be refreshing. I'd no. watch that. <laughs> and at the end, Superman, like, has him, takes him into space on his back, and they both smile and wink to the camera. That'd be perfect. And, like,
1: <laughs> they do, like, the slow motion. Like,
0: and they're holding know, hands. Up and,
1: like, freeze frame at the end. Oh, no, but no, no, no. But then they go into
2: space, they do that, but then they have to fall back to the Earth, just, like, point break.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And just redo that whole scene from point break. yeah that'd be great okay so guys uh you know we're long in the tooth here for this one it's been fun but we should probably wrap it up how about just a a quick thought for a fun ranking of all the films the the four chris reed films superman returns man of steel jeff shoot first can you do a ranking in your head here and tell us what it is Uh, Best to worst or worst to best, whatever you
1: want. I'm going to go worst to best here. I wrote them down. At number six, uh, Superman the Movie with Christopher Reeve. Just a terrible, awful. (laughs) 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 No, uh, I think we're probably in agreement here. Uh, The worst uh, Superman 4, Quest for Peace is uh, a bag of shit. Um... (laughs) (laughs) You know, Nuclear Man's okay. Uh, Anyway, uh, number five, Superman 3 got a couple moments that are okay but not a lot to redeem it here then uh Superman 2 for me wow that low well you know what it's six you know Superman four and Superman three are way down there and everything else is pretty close but Superman 2 really solid lots of great uh, moments in this movie but it does have trouble lasting uh, to today the uh, it doesn't age quite so well man of Steel is next on the list for me I really enjoy a lot of elements here. And I'm excited for where it's going. And then, uh, okay, I'm just taking these uh, just so nobody crucifies me or eggs my house or hunts me down. Just these are my enjoyment factors in watching these movies recently here. Uh, next up is Superman, the movie with Christopher Reeve. I don't think anybody can disagree that this is a great film. I have my problems with it. You know, going back in time probably is what bumped this down to my second favorite. I'm not saying this is my favorite forever, but in my just right now, off the top of my head, Superman Returns Oh was my, goodness. my number one. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. I'm
0: I'm going off the board here. Oh, but... you are. You'll find eggs at your house. Trust me.
1: Yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> you know, for you and your your stature, you can probably manage to throw eggs at the top of my basement window. So I'm not too worried about <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> you know, quick piece on here. The reason why I chose Superman Returns right now is because. I thought Brian Singer took the most chances with the story he was trying to tell here. I thought there's some really interesting pieces. Uh, I love the direction. I love the cinematography. It, it misses in a, in a lot of places. There's no question about it. But I thought it raised the most interesting questions about the character. that Nothing else did. And thought it was a goddamn shame that we didn't get to see more of this. So there you go.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Nathan.
2: Okay. I'll go in the opposite direction. Best to worst. So for me... I would say best is uh, Superman the movie. Number two on my list would probably be Man of Steel. Three would be Superman 2, and then Superman Returns, Superman 3, and Superman 4, Quest Piece. Peace. I think Superman still is my number one Superman movie. It really catches the captures the character. Despite the ending, I think the movie as a whole works. And, you know, we never really touched on anything regarding cinematography. And, Jeff, you just brought it up now. First movie has great cinematography.
0: Jeffrey Unsworth.
2: Uh, One thing, because I was really looking for that when I was watching it for this podcast, and I I really loved the uh, shots of... His early days in Smallville. I mean, yes. those are some great wide shots. On well, I don't know if they shot Kansas. It was probably Alberta. No, there. it's Alberta. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought I recognized it. Okay, it's my backyard, uh, man. You know, <laughs> and and well, that knows you on the field there. Yeah, I, I, it's a movie that is very charming and very watchable, and I have so many warm feelings of you know growing up with this movie. Uh, it's just great.
0: Okay, yeah, I'll go in the in the the reverse order. I mean, worst to best. Again, these are just my favorites as they stand today, not in terms of the best movies. Just like Jeff did and you did, just the favorites. So, Superman four, I think we agree across the board, the worst. I like the message, but. Um, in what it could have been, just the budget just really hurt it and it ended up just being terrible. You guys might be surprised at my next worst, Man of Steel.
2: Not surprised.
0: Not, not for surprised. you. Not surprised. Not, yeah, not, I guess not for me. This one will climb if they do sequels equals justice, because it heavily depends on what comes next. As a one-off, I find it really disappointing. I just, It's not fun, it's not epic, it's a lot of action, but I got tired of that after 20 minutes. So I I needed more there. Then Superman Returns. I like a couple of elements, as you mentioned, Jeff, of Superman Returns. I just wish they explored something more instead of just a beat-by-beat replay of Superman, the movie. The other problem, even though I like Routh, I think, as you mentioned, Spacey just didn't find the right element of portraying Luthor, even though he had one or two okay moments. Kate Bosworth was terrible. There was no chemistry between her and Ralph, in my opinion, and that was a big crux of the movie. I, even though I like the spirit of the character, they just, unfortunately, they didn't do anything new too much. So that's why it's down there. Superman 3 is my next one. The reason why I say it's a little higher is at least I got something different to explore with Clark Kent in Smallville with Lana Lang. I love the duality between the evil Superman and the good Superman. I also find the movie funny and quotable even though it's ridiculous. We we talked about it, right? It's just, it's just, I can pull out so many quotes from that movie and this is my favorites list. So that's why it's up there. And then Superman two, and then Superman, the movie again, we talked about why Superman for me, the best movie. I just think it's the best superhero movie ever made yet. Still. It's just so epic. And, It's simple in nature and tells a mythology story in that very classic Joseph Campbellian way that we saw with the original Star Wars as a a comparison example. You know, what I like about this as well, if people want to start saying, well, I want a gritty take on Superman. Well, guess what? He's not here fighting a superpowered villain. He's saving us from the evil, selfish greed and corruptibility that we as human beings are and have always been. He's there to inspire us to be better. That's what I want in a Superman movie. And I got it here. And that's why it's my favorite. I mean, then we're talking about the acting. Chris Reeve is still the best Superman Superman yet. I think he's the best casting of any superhero character yet. We could talk about Wolverine or Batman or other Spider-Man or anything else or Iron Man. I still think he's the best casting choice yet. I mean, I know that's argued by many people, but I also love Hackman. A lot of people don't like his hamminess, but I, I still think that there are elements there that make him truly evil And as we talked about several times, the spirit of who Superman needs to be is defined perfectly here. In a world that really needs a hero to inspire us, I I look no further to this guy. I don't want to see Batman leading the way. I I don't want to follow that guy with a 10-foot pole. When I see Christopher Reeve, and it's a little cliche, but when I see him floating through space at the end of the movie and he smiles and winks at the camera, breaking down that third barrier, to me, he's that protector. It's a feel good moment makes me feel he's watching out for all of us. And I love it. And that's it. All right. That does it today, guys. Um, unless you guys have any other thoughts.
2: I have one final thought. I was uh, thinking about this as I was watching the Christopher Reeve movies, uh, I mean you kinda of touched on it a bit, Harry. The influence of that movie, even just the first one, I think has really resonated through all of Superman to follow and everything from like all the T V shows and even to the comic book, I think they probably changed the comic book slightly to fit, you know, the Christopher Reeve version in Yeah, a
0: way. yeah. It's even influenced Batman. Like Nolan took uh influence off of this. Yeah. To make Batman Begins.
1: Yeah. I think I agree. I mean, I think we can agree that Christopher Reeve is, you know, probably the quintessential version of of the character here. But, uh, you know, what, let's face it, I mean, what's great about the character is that we still get to experience different versions of this guy on the big screen and different mediums. And, you know, even though Christopher Reeve is gone, God rest his soul, you know, we get to see his influence uh, still today and going forward to the future. I don't know about you guys, but, I'm, I'm I'm pumped to see what's next.
0: I'm excited to see what's next too. I just hope it's worthwhile and inspiring. That, that's what I want. I'm tired of these droopy superhero movies now. The, the world has just gone to shit and it's just getting worse. If there's a perfect time for a nice uplifting movie. And I think Iron Man to an extent shows that it can be done. I think Superman should be that, again, that guiding light leading the charge for something like that. Batman can stay in the shadows. I want Superman to be in the light, not in the dark, if you understand what I mean.
2: I agree completely.
0: So that does it for today's episode, episode five, our discussion on Superman franchise. So Jeff, I think it's my turn to pick what's next for episode six. Are you ready? Yeah,
1: lay it on us, man.
0: (laughs) It's not Superman four, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Oh my God. No, I thought we'd go in a different direction. Go back to our usual routine of looking at obscure movie. We did mention this in one of our previous podcasts. I thought we haven't really done a drama yet. So I thought it'd be a perfect time to visit Harrison Ford in the Mosquito Coast.
1: All right. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be fun.
0: So Nathan, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you again soon. Thanks for having me. No problem. And hope you had fun.
1: Oh, I did. Learned Learned a lot.
0: Yes, we all did. I learned that our two hour cap turned to three hours and 22 minutes, but that's okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Take it. Take it easy guys. Uh, rest easy. I'll, uh, delete all of your comments. It'll just be me talking to myself for this podcast as I ended it down.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Good night. All right. Cheers. Good night.
3: He didn't die. Uh... I asked you to kill Superman, and you're telling me you couldn't even do that one simple thing.